SSB. We're we're back to talk about a lot of things. It wasn't enough last time, so we got you get more of me. Get more, and we wanted to talk about bad RPGs. But before that, I want to say that it's been like two days since the last podcast, and in that time, I've installed this uh, Lix program and utterly failed at it. It's one hundred percent. I can, told you there was a learning curve. I can, warned you that there's a learning curve. You could say it's a learning curve, and you could say I failed at it, or you could say that it's not designed for human beings to use. I'm so, a human being last time I checked, so <laughs> let me check. You're again. at least like half computer or something <laughs> like that, if you can do that shit, because it doesn't make any sense. Well, I'm a programmer at heart, so it, it's like second nature for me. Yeah. I just want to say, if you, we were hyping up Licks last time, because I didn't know what I it was. I was hyping it up, because I like it. It's a great system. It's a, it's, it's, it's excellent, but... Like I said before, there is a learning curve. If you don't feel like you can just pick up something and learn it like that, um, or you don't, For the if you're not a very good problem solver, you're not going to figure out licks very easily. It's just like learning. It's like learning a programming language, except yeah, it's see. a little bit easier because it's actual. There's no like instead of like integers and shit. It's like tables. Yeah. So if well, you're wondering what kind of learning curve there is, I was imagining learning curve like you know. Anything like Photoshop has a learning curve. Anything has a learning curve. But this is the kind of learning curve where you, if you, you want to change to the learn. color of your font, you have to learn a programming language. So, to me, that's not a that's well. Not that's a just reason. font. Like it's just font color color. Like I'm blue. exaggerating, but <laughs> <laughs> I just don't want people to get the idea that it's as easy as I thought it was going to be. Because it turns out you're a lot smarter than me, and you actually have the ability to that's figure not- this shit out. That's not true, even a little bit, but all right, whatever then. All right, let's move on to bad RPGs, because we were talking, I was trying to say Dungeons & Dragons was an example of a bad RPG. No, Dungeons & Dragons is a 5.5, like I said before. Um, Let's let's roll into, let me actually pull, I have a list. Um, (laughs) I'm going to start off with a really egregious uh, game now. I'm going to preface this as... I'm going to give you why it's bad first, uh, and then I'm going to say the game's name. So the reason it's bad is because it's barely a game, okay? Mm-hmm. There's a game called A Place to Fuck Each Other, okay? I'm not <laughs> sure if anybody... Have you heard of this game? I have not, somehow. All right, let me see if I can pull up either... Yeah. Um, it's made by somebody who... Let me... I'm going to pull up her... Is this... What? What is... This? Um, I'm trying to find her her blog or whatever. It's got to have um, a homepage, right? Yeah, that's there we go. I just downloaded the PDF. Fuck it. Um, okay, so a place to fuck each other. I'm just going to read the first paragraph of the introduction. Oh, a place to fuck each other is a game about queer women and their relationship <sighs> that they tentatively build within new spaces. The spotlight moves through cluster of lovers as they play slice of life scenes and hookups about moving in, uh, about hooking up and moving in. It's a game about hope, disillusionment, and attempt to create a healthy queer space. Now, I'm going to preface this by saying, I don't really give a shit about gender, whatever. If you want to be trans, gay, straight, queer, third gender, whatever, who gives a shit? I personally don't. The reason that I call this game a, a, a bad game, because it's really not a game. It's, it's basically a way for, because there's no dice whatsoever. You have, you have three things. Uh, you have, you have three stats. Your name, your astrological sign, sorry, uh, four stats, cause it's, 
Well, I guess I guess five. Uh, I'll read them out. Your name, your astrological sign, your hairstyle, which I found very odd. <laughs> to specify that out specifically. A tendency you have, or something you're coping. Yeah, or something you're coping with. So yeah, so it's four. Um, so you write these things on a sharpie, and then you role play that character. Um, if you read more through the game, it's like, well, you can stop when you feel uncomfortable. So it's it's one of those like, because you could probably get into actual graphic, like super graphic sexing with people around this table. Now again, I think anybody can stop, but this is basically a nun game. This is basically a way for people to talk about this stuff through game. It's it's not it's not a role playing game. No, it's, it's really not. It's there's no dice. There's no there's no there's no game aspect. Well, they, unless uh, it's basically freeform, right? I mean, it's pretty freeform, yeah. Um, and basically with a subject, the, yeah, it's freeform with a subject. So it's not really an RPG. There's no there's no there's no conflict and there's no reward for success because there because you can't really judge success like like that's not. Well, I guess if you that's get not, laid, it's a success. But what's the stop? I mean, there's no. I mean, resolution. There's mechanic. not really. Yeah, there, yeah. There's no resolution mechanic. Um, and, and I'm not gonna get deep into it because there's a whole lot more this game <laughs> talks about. But it's only 16 pages, so you know. I'm hoping you wanna, people you, will listen past this point and see what the other <laughs> games are. Is what I'm hoping. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, it's Googleable, so do that. The second game I wanted to bring up. Um, ooh. All right, so I'm going to hit you out with a classic. Uh, this one is probably going to be very obvious on my list of shitty games is D20 Modern. Mm. So ways of D20. How much time do we have exactly, by the way? <laughs> You'll have to shorten uh, it down to, like, see if you can fit it into five minutes or so. I can uh, I can do 10, maybe 15. Let's get started. <laughs> okay, so D20 Modern. D20 Modern is a uh, – I'm going to pre- – for those of you that don't know what D20 Modern is – Take D and D three point make it put a modern paint on it. That's D twenty modern. Um, the reason it's bad is the mechanics primarily. The subject matter is it's modern, whatever. Who gives a shit? But all of the mechanics do not fit at all for any kind of modern game. D twenty modern is the reason option tactics exist because I hated that game and I tried to run something with it and I could not run what I wanted to with it because it did not work as it was intended to to give a quick rundown in d20 modern armor does for 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 looking at a modern game armor doesn't make sense weapon the weapons don't make sense the how you spend money and i'm gonna have to touch that one back because that one's a really egregious problem doesn't make sense it has classes for a modern game and i say that in saying because option tactics for the longest Longest fucking time had classes, mm. but the way it did them, it did them like D and D classes. They weren't, they were too different. So you had clear winners and quick, clear losers. Basically, Dex was king. Um, what else? I did money, armor. It had the same three point five, three point zero skill set spread. So you had like twenty six, thirty skills that could very like climb, like climb and. Uh, what is, what is the fucking all the strengths? Like climb and, and can't think, I can't think of all the strength scores. You mean like the like, acrobatics checks and all that kind of stuff? Well, instead of acrobatics, it had like jump and dodge and like it, it chopped them up. It, yes, but it chopped each one up, um, modern. It also had three weird skills 
uh, research, investigate, which what um, research, investigate and and profession. Now, oh. I'm going to pause here for, for this one, because profession requires me to talk about the money. So the way you buy things in D20 Modern is not how, in any other RPG I've ever seen in my entire life. And so what you do is you have what's called a wealth score. You take a D20, you roll, you have a wealth score based on your occupation, and it goes up or down depending on how you spend money or blah, 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 blah. And every item in D20 Modern has a DC, right? Okay. If you want to buy something, let's say I want to buy a double-barrel shotgun, right? 12-gauge, two barrels, 18-inch barrels, whatever, right? Um, this has a DC score of 10, now they didn't actually. The only the only reference of act, how much something actually cost I was able to find in a um what is it what is that thing called a chart a game master sheet chart. That's the only that's the only reference I've ever seen because they don't mention any of this shit in the book. Hmm. They just say it's a DC ten. Um, you then take your D twenty, you roll a D twenty to see if you can buy that thing. Oh wow. You you know you have your score and it goes up or down depending on if the thing is expensive. Now if you, profession, if you failed, can you never roll it again or how does that? Work? That was the other weird ambiguous thing they didn't say. They didn't say you couldn't. It just said that you can't. You don't. It says you can't. You can't get the funds right now. Some bullshit like that. Um, I don't know how they expect people to run this game, but profession. The reason I brought that up is because profession. For every three ranks in profession you have, you get a plus one to your um, your wealth score every level, okay? Okay. So, profession becomes the number one skill on that list because it affects your money because we're, we're talking like you get a plus one per level. Wow. I Yeah, it was, you didn't buy things very often in 20 Modern, which was dumb to me because it's like you're a modern game. Um, equipment was stupid as well, particularly weapons. Weapons were, there was just not enough choice and when they added a book called the Weapons Locker, yes, the weapon, the Weapons Locker, the Weapons Locker was a testament to some to one strong motherfucker's ability to do copy and paste. Because <laughs> the only thing that they did in that in that book was they had some decent art line art pictures of guns, um, a little blurb, and then a stat block. The stat block was pretty much the same gun. The only difference was the magazine and the weight. Didn't you say it was something of, like a like just the crossbow, just with different? It was two D like for for most handguns, two D six or two D four. Yeah, that's the light crossbow, dude. So it was bad. It was really really bad. Um, melee weapons were clearly a superior choice, which was really funny because the second best armor in the game, and I and I say that phrase being it gave you the most bonuses was plate mail armor because it used the standard. You know, standard defense, AC, whatever of D and D. Yeah. There is no, there is no DR. Either you hit or you don't. Arm. That's all armor does. It gives you, it gives you AC. Um, this is a modern game, mind you. This is a game yeah. written in 2001. Um, about the modern world as the time we know of it. There were no up. There were like two upgrades for guns, for all guns. I think it's like flashlight or suppressor, and that's well, quite frankly, garbage. Um. See, armor skills. So oh, you magic. Get... Hold oh, on. I'm, I'm, I'm still rolling through it. Magic was basically a copy of 3.5. It was bad because... Oh, oh. And the things they did add, like the edge thing that you see in Shadowrun, basically unbalanced the game because you have this one thing you can roll 
and it gives some bonus to your your D, your d20 roll but it's but there's no way to recover it so once you use it you're done for life with it um and to top it all off health spiraled out of control um even if you rolled health by level 6 out of 20 you could probably tank gunshots like <laughs> and just not give a fuck that's what i would expect honestly from a d20 modern because D and D itself is is obviously balanced on the side of taking a lot of hits, but yeah, but D and D is fantasy, exactly. And then modern, it sounds like if you wanted to actually optimize in this game, you'd have to wear a, a you'd have to walk around in you know New York City with a full plate mail and be the most professional person in the world. Also, be very fast because <laughs> Dex is king in that game, and specifically the fast hero is king in that game because Dex controls guns. And you might as well just you might as well just not play anything else. Um, yeah, D twenty modern terrible game. D twenty modern is is an example of a, a fantasy heartbreaker. Actually, that's probably what I'll use. Yeah. Okay. Except uh, created by wizards, right? Mm-hmm. I think Monty Cook worked on that. Like no joke. Like I think he really did. Um. And then they forgot that they made it. Yeah. Then they forgot that they <laughs> they forgot they just quietly pushed it under. Well, the thing is that. I have every, like, I have, I, I have scoured the web and everything like that. I have every copy of every D20 Modern book on PDF. I also have every copy of every third party D20 Modern on PDF. Um, I have the, I have everything related to D20 Modern. I, I have, it's all archived on my, on my hard drive. Um, I kept, I keep that because I was using it as an example and a, you know, just things to read. Cause it did, D20 Modern, I will give them credit. Did, they did do a few good things that I stole. Um, like what? Like occupations. So even though you had your class, you also had your occupation, which gave you a bonus to different skills and gave you bonus feats and gave you money and stuff like that. That's a good idea for a modern game. Okay. The, yeah. the part where they fucked up is they didn't allow you to ever change that occupation, and there were no mechanics to move from occupation to occupation. So if you're a cop, you're a cop. I don't think they expect people to play long campaigns. With you. Yeah. Well, was the, um, I mean, I, I almost hmm. don't want to know, but do they have like a monster manual? Do they have anything that's like? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. There's a monster manual. Um, most of the stuff in the monster manual is copied from the monster manual one and two. There are some few interesting ones, like the Crawfordsville monster. There's some modern stuff in there. But for the most part, it's just copy-pasted over. Oh, okay. Magic is also copy-pasted over with a little, with a few modern update caveats. Like, apparently the bard got replaced with a, with a, with a Walkman, so, or Boombox. Oh. <laughs> so you can, so you can buy CDs that just, that play music and do things like the bard would. Wow. Yeah, it's, it's pretty fucked up. How modern? Um, I know. Um, there are also different expansion packs, which, except for Apocalypse, they were all pretty terrible. D20 Modern, D20 Future was, it was particularly egregious because it was, it was, for lack of a better phrase, they didn't finish it. Hmm. It wasn't done. There, there's clear things where it's just like, yeah, this, this, this isn't, this, this game isn't done. Where's the rest of it? You mean like um, mechanics that just don't connect with anything else or, or it's not? Yeah, that? actually, yeah. Like mechanics didn't connect with anything else. Um, open-ended statements, like, the, especially the spaceships. The spaceships were really open-ended. It, it felt more like an idea book than an actual, like, this is how you run this and this. 
Um, oh, and the technology didn't make any sense when you look at it objectively. Like shit that should be in this te- in this TL, it was in this, one. and shit that was like, like I think I think the warp drive beat the warp gate for some reason. So warp gates were made after the warp drive. Sorry, no, they were made before the warp drive. Oh right, yeah. So they can teleport, but they can't go fast yet. Yeah, it, it, it's it's yeah. And by TL, just so people know, you mean technology level? Technology right? level, yes, that's yeah. correct. Um, that sounds see. pretty horrible. See, to me, that just it says so, so much about Wizards of the Coast. Period. That I'm like, why do people still give so much credit to D and D? If because it's a good, because it's a mediocre game that's good enough for a lot of people. You gotta remember, dude. Everybody ain't autistic. But I guess I guess some people can separate, you know, the different teams. This guy worked on that game, and he's not part of this, so then don't. But to me, it's like that company just doesn't have standards. If that's the kind of shit they're putting out, they're a company. They're they're about here to make money. Yeah, but they're look at out... them like Apple, dude. Seriously, look at them like Apple. They're about they're about making money. They're not about you know moving, shooting, you know, starting a movement or blah, whatever. But they're Apple about... does, you know, a certain quality level, and that's why they have their success. Oh, sweet lord, among if you other only things. Knew. It's not a tech. If you want to know how good Apple does, how good Apple is. Look up Linus Tech Tips, or I forget what his name is, but he's some dude out of New York that, that fixes their shit. Yeah, apples are fucked. And I'm going to piss off people like that, but I don't give a shit. Oh, know? right. You're an IT guy. I always forget that. Yes, I work in the industry. Apple, do not buy an Apple unless <laughs> absolutely necessary. Um, I don't, I don't own any Apple stuff, but I, I, that's just what everybody tells me is that it's the greatest, you know, quality, so. No, it's terrible quality, actually. But it's ter- but it's terrible quality that 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 you as a consumer won't understand. It's it's the, and that's to to go back to Wizards of the Coast and your your confusion. The average consumer will not understand. The average person who plays D and D does not understand why they play why why their fun is wrong, quote unquote. Right. Because they're having fun, which is fine. Yeah. Me personally, that's fine. You're having fun, that's cool. Um, but the system I'm mentioning. Should be avoided specifically because they are counter to fun. Right. Okay. So arguments Cause aside, because D twenty, like... yeah, because D twenty modern is frustrating. Because that's what I—that's the first system I actually picked up and tried to run, and I was frustrated. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So they, you know, D and D has its own thing, and then the base thing does it. It's 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 comfortable to play that game, but uh, this wasn't even comfortable to play. It was just frustrating. Yes. And, because everything that you would expect is wrong. Oh yeah, and I didn't get into the feats. That's everything is. I'm gonna it. Everything is garbage about that game. That's that's what it boils down to. All right. Um, the third game I'm going to talk about is GURPS. Now I'm fucking with you. I like GURPS. <laughs> um, that was just to piss off some people. It's cool. GURPS is fine. Um, no, the third game I'm actually going to talk about is a game called <sighs> Fatal. I've definitely heard people talk about that. I, I, I haven't looked into it. Okay, so you don't know anything about Fatal. Not really. Um, I'm going to sum this up in one sentence. Roll for anal circumference. <laughs> this sounds like the first game. <laughs> no, 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 no. So Fatal uh, Fatal is a game that it has a very storied history. Most people who are listening to this will, ha- will have heard of Fatal. Um, so I'm going to basically explain this to you and as quickly as I can. Fatal is a game that, tr- that, tr- that tried to pride itself on being adult and mature and everything, but it, it, it did that maturity in the most childish way possible. Um, 
It also requires you to roll a character. Everything about your character has to be rolled. So you can die in character gen. Okay, I have heard that. The other problem is that there are so many things about, like, there's like, like 40 different meters of character. Like, there's, and it's such weird stuff. Like, it's like walking, like walking charisma. Walking like like you can walk ugly. Oh, in the game, yeah. It's but the the other thing that you roll. I was talking about roll final circumference. That you roll all of your like you roll all of your like body parts. So breast wow. size, anal circumference, vagina depth, all that shit is rolled. What? You're kidding, right? I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding even a little. I will pass you the PDF. <laughs> I have the PDFs. Do you want them? I know. I don't. Well, actually, I kind of right. do because I, I can't help but look at these uh, systems and see what. Okay, does anybody play this game? First of all, I have to no, know no, 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 no. TG at one point attempted to try to, but because the book is literally unfinished, because um, it's missing, you can't generate a character fully because there are parts missing in the book. Sorry, there's supposed to be a second book about gods and such that you need to finish your growing character, but you cannot. Um, there's also nothing laid out for like actually have, you know, generating a world and stuff like that. Um, the setting book doesn't exist for lack of a better. Okay. So it's not, it's a bad system, but it's not like there's people out there who are playing this and, and no, 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 no. What the reason I brought up fatal is because fatal is a primary example of too complex to be played. So fatal, um, let's see to fatal 2000. Let's see what. Uh, that's the is that the old one? That's the new one. They're all the new one. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, they're all the new one. I I don't have the original something into adult lechery. I just have from time of the land. Um, okay, give me a second. So Fatal has the dice size. Um, I think it goes up to one thousand one one million or something like that. One d one million. Hmm. Um, I need to. I'm trying to make a. Uh, yeah, this book is also 900 pages long. Holy shit. Yeah, that's, these, this is, this is an example, this is, these are two examples. Um, dice are fucked because there's, like, nobody wants to roll a 1d1000. That's, let alone a 1d10,000. It's just not, it's not, like, who cares, right? So basically they made this game without actually any real audience in mind of who is this was made this was okay this was made in a vacuum yeah that's what was it made by by one crazy person at least or was there i think it was made by a few people let me actually uh let me actually see yeah the largest game book ever printed like that's not it's not a selling point fatal games i don't i don't see any i don't brian hall there's one name so it must have been one person all right if i can get brian hall on the show i want to ask if (laughs) Good fucking luck, dude. Apparently it has an ISBN. That kind of pisses me off, actually. Um, <laughs> Alright, then. Yeah, it was made by one person, Brian Hall. And, um, you don't judge a, you don't judge an RPG's doneness and, and, what's, what is the phrase? Um, you don't judge an RPG's, like, completion by how long it is. It's like judging, you know, an airplane by, how much it weighs. Yeah. It's not, that's counter to your to point. Cause most people see 900 pages and they go, no, 
Right. Because I know this. I know this with Ops. When Ops was three hundred something pages, people were like, "Nah, that's too much," and that's a third of that. Yeah, and even if there would be somebody who would say, "You know, that sounds great. This sounds like the best system ever." It, you need to to justify that amount of pages with something that would be fucking amazing. Like it says, if you combine says, all the splat books of GURPS into the core GURPS, you know, rule book or something. Please, please don't do that. That is that is a terrible idea. But I get what you're saying. Um, There's meat this, on the bone, this, is what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, this is basically just the the psychotic ramblings of a crazy person. Um, and to be exact, it is it is exactly 977 pages long. Oh wow. Um, yeah. So yeah. Um. So yeah, so don't play your game in a vacuum. That's number one. Um, number two is don't play test your shit. Cause this just came out. There was just no, there was no like query or some shit like that. It just, it just willed itself into existence. Okay. Man, this play is... test your shit and be very careful about using dice. Um, because most people won't, do not want to go beyond, if you can't represent it using the, at the, at the most, the seven series dice set, you know, D4, uh, D, D, D4, D6, D8, D10, D12, and D20s, six or seven. I don't know. However many, yeah, I know you, what you're saying. The if standard you can't, dice yeah. that people use now. If you can't, if you can't, you, if you can't do that normally without either having some special dice or, you know, Dividing the die number, you never want, multiplying works too, but you don't want to like, okay, roll the D1000, D, sorry, roll the D100 six times. Like, nobody wants to do that. Man. Yeah. I, um, I actually have to start giving people on GDG more credit now because I haven't seen anything close to that bad yet. And I was thinking some of these guys, you know, they, they're no, probably at the low is, end, but this is this why they, you wanted to explain to me what these actual bad games are like. Yeah. I'm going to breeze by Black Tokyo. Black Tokyo is basically, um, if memory serves, it's been a minute since I've actually looked at it. Um, imagine, imagine, uh, fucking like a rape, imagine if a rape fetishist made a game. <laughs> That's Black Tokyo. Oh. It's not, it's not bad, but it's not good. It's, but it's, Wait, it's because there's so much, oh, well, it's not bad in the sense of, it's not mechanically that, it's, from the stuff I'm describing, it's of everything I've listed thus far. It's it works. However, the the don't put sex in your games. That's what it basically boils down to. Yeah. Um. Please don't put sex in your games because putting sex in your games may turn people off. Yeah, we can make that a rule. Yeah. We're gonna create a list of rules by the end of this podcast. We're gonna have what yeah. not to do. Um. Yeah. It's in, it's it's too um and it's also in, it's also on the four tab. Um, also as a note, Black Tokyo used each point in modern. Oh. As a base. What are the odds of that? Pro tip. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's, no, it's, it's, yeah, it's bad. It's really bad. Um, but I'm breezing by that. There's nothing. <laughs> I'll gladly breeze by that one. Yeah, we're going to breeze by that one. Then there's one that's relatively new. I actually didn't know anything about it, but somebody who reviews RP, views bad RPGs for a, a, not a living, but a hobby, um, turned me on to this and let me read his review. And I read through the whole goddamn thing. It's a game called He Sent Dragons. Okay. Never um, heard of that one, obviously. And it's not, it's not spelled He Sent Dragon. It's like 
Heave Siv Dragons or some shit like that. If I let me see if I can find it. Hell. Ah, uh, my internet's lagging. Um, yeah, it's it's Black Tokyo. Uh, yeah, it's um, I can't find it. Let's try Heave. <laughs> yeah, Heave sent Dragons. You can you can find it if I don't know how to spell it. But essentially, it's a furry RPG, and I don't mean like it's a furry RPG in the sense of like Mouse Guard or whatever. Or it's it's an actual furry RPG. It's um, the lore. How do I say this? You ever see a story that wanted a solution and would just do anything to make that solution a, a reality? Sure, I think that's usually called like Deus Ex Machina or something like that. It's like... yeah, that game is full of Deus Ex Machina, story wise. Um, it's like people colonize earth and then they, they something about turning people already people into, into furries is bad, but raising them from, you know, cybernetic wombs is fine. So we'll do that instead. It's, it's, it's a bunch of bullshit, but the short of it is that um, it's bad because it has a very bad storyline. that does not make sense. You people have to realize when you're writing an RPG, you don't have to use earth. You don't have to use our modern conventions. You don't have, that's the reason I'm bringing this up. You, if you want a furry game, that's cool. You do you. I'm not going to play it, but somebody <laughs> Yeah, somebody's so, going to play it, but you still want to have, have you know, a, some like, if you're going to have a storyline that, that, that you have to bend bullshit to get it to work, don't use Earth. Make up a, make up a planet. It ha- people do it all the time. I don't know? think you give um, yourself it, any advantages by picking Earth because it's easy. It's because you can say like Earth but blank. Right. Um. That's 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 why people do it because you can say like you don't. And I'm I, I say this because I'm going through this right now. Writing um, Grand Adventures in Space, the the Kandai RP, the the setting. We had to start from scratch. We had to actually go and think about like culture, like. Okay, they have this culture and it works for them, but it's like alien to us. Like we had to go like, okay, what does a planet have on it that's habitable? It's usually between this range and this range of temperature. It has an atmosphere. It had the hydrosphere. Like we had to go and do build that shit from scratch, and we yeah. had to explain it in universe. Um, we had to also say this ain't our physics. This these physics like because of magic mostly. But, like, th- there are some things in this universe that we don't have in ours. That's fine. That's cool. That works. Don't just be, don't just co-opt Earth and then bend shit around. That doesn't make any fucking sense. But still in the same sense, try and say, oh, yeah, it's Earth and we have Earth morale, you know, um, morality and blah, 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 whatever. Fuck it. Don't do that. That's bad. Please well, stop that. I would also say that probably if you're playing a tabletop RPG, you really don't want to be thinking about earth that much you want to be thinking about something that's different and... yeah but i'm speaking on i'm speaking on the 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 the, the, the failings of the writer um if you know player's gonna play so whatever but as a writer if you're going to either explain it correctly or don't explain it at all just be like they're they're a furry like if if the person who wrote he sent dragons had been <laughs> like oh Oh, oh, and the other one is that there, there's a lot of heavy political shit in their book, uh, which is oh. something I would also say not to do. It's something about uh, capitalism is the best thing, and it, it's it, it's utterly retarded. And Ugh. not because capitalism is retarded. I like capitalism. But it's 
it's retarded in the sense of it's like corporation like it's it's counter to everything that we that exists in our world but it's in our world is it like anarcho-capitalism or something like that or yes that's what it's called yeah it's anarcho-capitalism um but it's anarcho-capitalism with a benevolent it's benevolent anarcho-capitalism so companies care about the yeah companies care about their employees blah 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 whatever um but my my point to state this was that please don't put political shit in your game. Um, nobody cares about your political opinion, and just as many people as you're like as you're as you're going to, um, as just many people as you're going to alien you know get get you're also going to alienate a bunch of people. So political shit does not really belong in most RPGs. And when I say political shit, I don't mean like the policies of the universe. I mean like yeah. That's what I was gonna say. You know, you and to... then like, and then in 2008, the, the Earth, the Earth, Earth, Earthlings elected Trump, and that was the dumbest. Like, don't do that shit. That's nobody cares. Well, take that back. People care a lot, but it does nothing good can come of it. Yeah, exactly. Okay, no, that, that sounds no, like a yeah. pretty bad train wreck from the title to yeah. the premise to the, everything. The system itself, it can be broken. Um, the guy, I think, is, is purple. Uh, who actually reviewed it? Um, it can be broken. He broke it. He broke it, and he he snapped it over his knee like it wasn't even he wasn't even trying. Um, so yeah, that was that. It was that's one. Um, you got any for us, or should I keep going? Uh, I, you should keep going because these are each one is is disappointing me in a different way. And I... <laughs> okay, next one's called Rahola or racial holy war. Okay, racial holy war. Racial holy war, Rahoa. Um, okay. It's exactly what you. It's it's basically racial superiority. Um, racial superiority in sorry, not race. White. It's a white supremacist game RPG. Um, the problem <laughs> is that it's not good. Like, and I mean, by now your viewers should know that I'm black. So there's that. But honestly, I don't really care. But it's like it's not. It's not funny. It's not satirical it's not well it's like, called hateful enough i guess that makes sense um it's just it's just like this milk toast you know pissant swing at other races so it sounds honestly you know, it sounds like a 4chan joke i mean it doesn't sound like a real it's not thing. a 4chan joke um it's not a it's not a 4chan joke at all i would you like the pdf yeah sure i, I want it okay i want all this there you shit. go there you go. There's the PDF. There's racial holy war. Um, the issue with racial holy war are multiple. First and first off, there's a lot of things that it doesn't actually explain. Uh, it it really feels like a like a big just jerk off project, if that makes sense. Yeah. So by Reverend Kenneth Molyneux. That is correct. Okay, that's an interesting twist. <laughs> yeah, it's not like it's 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 bad. Like if it were if it were like if it were good, I would I could be kind of upset. But if this is just like if you're gonna be racist, at least make a good game, okay? That's uh, yeah. my response to that. Like like don't don't be racist and terrible. I'm, so, I'm yeah, skimming yeah. through it. I should probably not because I'm gonna get distracted. I can't do the podcast and, and read this. It's, shit I mean time. it's it's bad. It's it's very it's it's bad. It's 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 like if somebody it's. It's like if somebody was trying to to be as offensive as possible. It's, it's like it's a four. Like if it was a fortune. The thing is that it's not a fortune joke. 
some legitimate RPG. Um, so, apparently, somebody thought it was good enough to put their real name on it and, and advertise it and everything. So, I mean, uh, I guess they really estimated. The, I, I don't know. Maybe there's a market for it. There, maybe I guess. I mean, there's there, that's a really odd market for. I gotta say like, the, the name white racial supremacist. Holy War. What like like white supremacist, but also a nerd. Like that's really that's a really specific crowd. Yeah, yeah. I gotta say, I think that the name is like makes me think we're talking about uh, you know Warhammer 40k or something like that. Paladins and shit. Yeah, but no, it's is the God Emperor, you know, and the Xenos or something like different races like that. I thought it was gonna be like orcs and shit. <laughs> yeah. Um. Wow. Well, see, okay, I, I'll give you, okay, I'm going to read it, I'm reading an excerpt from this, from this game. You know, this is, just enjoy, listeners. Um, the War Master and Adventurer. The War Master controls the environment, enemies, and non-player characters in the racial holy war. He also controls and perhaps makes up the story and how things go in an adventure. As such, he is very important and has a lot of power. He must take into consideration the level, experience, and power of the white warriors when deciding what in, oh yeah, by the way, characters are called white warriors. Oh. Just, yeah. Okay, um, you don't have a choice in that matter. Nope, you're white. Deal with it. <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, where was I? Where was I? He must take an, yeah, blah, 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 blah. A good war master is therefore usually intelligent with good creative imagination. And also, I'm gonna add, this isn't actually in the book, but probably white. <laughs> um, let's see. Yeah, the war, the world of Rachel Holy War is a dominant and, the domain of adventures for the white warriors. As noted above, unless there is an adventure already made up, a war master must make up an adventure to send the white warriors on. Mm. I'm stopping here because I'm just like, this is, this is mo, this is the entire how to GM space in this book. Um, a good war master, yeah, blah, 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 blah. Oh, at a minimum, two players can play, one white warrior and one war master, but there is no limit to the amount of players who can play. I'm stopping here again because that's a bad that's a bad thing to say to somebody in trying to run an RPG that there's an unlimited amount of people that you can play this game at one time. No, that's terrible. That's a terrible idea. That's terrible because a GM will very quick like if you had 30 people playing this trying to play this game, it would just be it would involve into chaos. Well, of course, and it shows that it's not actually it's not written to be played. It's not even written to be to you know that whoever did it wasn't experienced and, and play tested it and was like yeah this works with uh with you know 12 people <laughs> yeah this was basically shit out as a um statement i guess yeah i would say that's pretty obvious that it's got to be a, a statement an advertisement for his church if he's a reverend or something i don't know yeah it's i mean it's it's, it's pretty magical it's pretty yeah it's pretty terrible so um the reason, the reason, yeah, the reason I brought that one up is because, well, racism. Um, specifically, this one goes back, back to the last political thing I said about don't bring politics into your RPGs when you write them. Um, this one is a, as an egregious thing like that. If you don't like black people, that's cool. That's 100% okay. Um, if you try and, if you try and shine that out, in an RPG, it will most likely be the define. Like it will most likely destroy your RPG's quality because right. you're trying to pigeonhole in shit like that, and it's that's not really the medium. really the medium for it. Like write a regular book, write a, make some jerk off fan fiction. I guess it wouldn't be fan fiction. 
writing some jerk-off fiction or whatever about some dude, you know, who just killed a bunch of African kids, whatever. Like, but don't make an RPG because it, it's going to be terrible. Um, oh, and a, and a, and a second thing, um, don't, don't just, cause this was, this was done. This had to have been done in Word. Specifically Word and not Open Office because I know Open Office, um, Open Office does not turn out PDFs like that. So he yeah. had to have used Word for this. That's a very, don't, very basic document. Do not use Word for RPGs. Period. Um, it's not made for it. Open Office is better by, and I hate Open Office. So I gotta ask you though. Um, the, what do you think? You were talking about not putting in political shit, not being racist or whatever. What do you think about the, the, the other side of things where like, uh, D and D changing things now with, uh, you know, elves being able to change their gender once per day and, and stuff like yeah, that. that. Cause that's happening. I mean, that's where, that's where things are going right now. It seems I know, like, I know. And I mean, to me, that's not, that's not political, but it's, it's so it's obviously, no, it's, it's definitely political. It's 100% political. I mean, first of all, I'm just going to give the standard response, the standard, you know, TG traditional games response that elves have always been able to change the gender. You, we just didn't know it. Like fucking. <laughs> <laughs> um, but but real talk. Um, when I say okay, so when I say don't don't bring political shit into the game, I mean don't don't use the game as political commentary on contemporary um, contemporary political issues in such a blatant manner. So if, if you're going to be, if you're going to be subtle about it, fucking be subtle about it. You know, make it, make it interesting. Don't be boring with politics. Well, you see, and that's why I don't, I, that's why I don't like the gender changing thing. That's why I don't really like, it's a, first of all, I don't really care either way when it comes in. Cause wizards, again, they're a company. They're about, they're about appeasing as much people as possible as quickly as possible. Um, but it's going in not, with the whole, like there's, there's a, there's a basically a cultural movement happening there where they're, that they're trying to tap into and, and appeal to and they're pandering is what it yes, is. Because the, yes, because they're a company. You want a company who panders is called, that's called marketing. That's exactly what that is. I said it before and I'll say it again. Wizards of the Coast is a company. They're right. out there to make that dollar. So, but that you cannot. I mean, you, are, you're, I'm, saying, I'm guessing you're saying that as a derogatory thing, more than as a because you still have personal. I'm saying, I'm saying, it, I'm saying it as a as a fact, matter of factly. It's not derogatory or you know positive. It is. It is what it is. They're a company. I expect them to act like a company. If if you okay, so if you if Apple if Apple found out that chopping that chopping your dick off was the new it thing, right? They would be the Apple iPhone would have a feature that chopped a dick off. It would, like seriously, because the reason it would have it is because that's what the pe- that's what they see the market wants. They want devices that chop your dick off. So because I, the market, I really don't wants, agree because, with that. I, I mean, on a on a capitalist, you know, free market level, there's that's obviously true. Somebody that, will make a phone that will chop your dick off. May, it may not be Apple, but I can guarantee you somebody. Yeah, if, somebody will, but pe- that's exactly it, is that your company, if you have a company, you can decide which side of any spectrum you want to be on, which side of any issue you want to be on. And, you and pander- they have picked their side. Yeah, exactly. They have, they have- you, you pander to different things. And guess what? You can pander to the people who don't want fucking politics in their games. You can p- pander to that 
majority of people that just don't want to think about social justice warriors or Antifa well, yeah, or I'm fucking not, I'm not saying, the alt-right I'm not saying or whoever can't. it is. I'm not saying you can't. I mean, look at Austin Tactics. It's I. It's politically neutral as I fucking can as I can be, but it's very pro gun because again, it's ops and tactics. However, um, well, that's up to you. That's up to that's if you want. Like I said, if you want to make a good game, generally you stay away from politics because trying to inject politics will overwrite the quality of the game. Right, and that's why In like ops and tactics has has so much real meat of interesting, you know, mechanics and things to to do. And I almost always feel just as a as a it just sticks out like a sore thumb when somebody's compensating for their lack of real creativity by pandering to somebody and being like, well, well, you know, I mean, but it's basically not even, it's we don't not have an idea compens- for what to do next, so we're just. It's gonna- not even, but. And you see the thing, you're looking, you're looking at it, for, you're looking at it from a conscious, from a, you're looking at it from an artist design point. Don't do that at all, because that's not how, that's not Wizards of the Coast. They're not artists, they're <laughs> businessmen. You, that's what I keep saying about, it's all about money. They're a company. They're out here to make money. They're not out here to show how well they can make an RPG. There's no vision at all, here. it's just uh, chasing whatever. no. It, the vision died when, when, when TSR sold D and D. That's when All the right. bit actually. Honestly, no. It died when he, when that bitch of a wife, um, <laughs> that Gary Gygus had took his company away from him. That's when the vision fucking died. Um, hate right. me if you want to, but I'm. That's the statement I'm saying. That's the vision is dead. The vision has been dead since two since three three point I, I can respect that as an interesting thing. I mean, fourth fourth edition was pretty interesting. That, that fourth edition, fourth edition was an overcorrection. That's what fourth edition was. But that doesn't fourth come edition, with, that doesn't come without any vision, right? That that's a, something that was. It was an overcorrection. It was a correction to. It's just like if somebody has a phone or um. Let's, let's say I'm gonna use a pen because I have a pen in my hand. If somebody says, okay, every every 100 clicks of this pen, it squirts ink at me, right? As a business, I'm going to come up with Pen 2.0, and I'm going to remove that feature because my market does not like that feature. Now, if if the market was like everyone, you know, every 100 clicks, I can only squirt ink, and I want to squirt ink every click, then bam, what I would do as a business maker, you know, to provide the the product that fits, would to be to make a pen that squirts every time you press press the button. It's, right. It's not. It's not about like. It's not about. With it, like D and D is not about. It's just responding to vi- signals and, yeah. and, and trends in and the industry. Like, That's why you look at three point five. You look at all the major complaints. Three point five, four E for lack of a better phrase, fixed every damn one of them. And you know what happened? People complain because just because people complain about something doesn't mean they don't like it. Just because people complain about something. True doesn't mean they want it to go away. The thing that Wizards of the Coast didn't realize, that they didn't understand the market they were in. Yeah, and then 5th edition seems to have actually gotten to this uh, this sort of this sweet a, the, spot where they, they, they re-invited all the problems back in and just let people complain about it, and they're just going to roll with it. Well, well, they fixed some of the more egregious problems, but the problems that originally existed um, originally in 3.5 were... Either corrected or changed, or like one of the one of the major issues with that combat takes too fucking long, and it does because there's all these different fucking checks and stuff like that. So they streamline that. Um, another issue that I remember people were talking about is that 
the way spells are written, especially between all the books, that they don't make any fucking sense. Like, one spell says a mile in, like, range, another is, like, 25 feet, and the problem with that is that a mile is not easily divisible by five in feet. Yeah. Rather. So... You, you'd have it so where you'd have things that are range-wise doesn't make any fucking sense. Um, they fixed that. Yeah. I mean, yeah, they um, one, did fix things, but I'm, I'm just saying the, that... Caster that... Supremacy was another one in 5e. I mean, in 3.5. Caster Supremacy. Uh, they fixed it in 4, and nobody hated it because everybody felt like they they didn't fix it by making the fighter and everybody else better than the mage, which yeah. kind of invalidated any reason to play the mage. Um... Well, so, yes. well, I, I get what you're saying though. They did fix things, but but they're still basically just getting to. You they're know, a company. They're trying to find they're, they're the what? sweet spot of who the most people that will buy buy their product, and that's what they're going to appeal yes, to. Yes, that is that is that is exactly what I'm saying. That's why I say I don't care one shit or one way or another about elves being able to change their gender or not because that's what's that's what's hot right now, for lack of a better phrase. And then in um, in. To the people who are shopping for an RPG, all you would basically have to say then is be wary of a company that's acting like that because they're not actually trying to make the game better and appeal. Like they're not going to. Yeah, fix but I don't problems. think people give. I don't think people. I don't think people who who shop for RPGs are at the level to give a fuck. Well, to be, okay. To be, to be blunt, that's they want to have. You got these people want to have fun. They want to. They want to play. They're not like us. They're not. They're not math nerds. They don't. You know, stress over dice mechanics and things like that. They want to have fun. That's um, that is something I realize. Writing option tactics to put to put it bluntly, nobody cares. Yeah, you know what I mean when I say that. Yeah, I mean there's just uh, okay. they, they don't have that high standard. Right. It's not just me and you talking. I will explain it for our viewers. Nobody cares about your vision. Nobody cares about your ideas. Nobody cares about you know how clever you think you are or blah 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 blah. They want a fun game. They come here to play a fun game. Not to be preached at, not to be um, probably to be probably to be jerked off a little bit, depending on the game. But they don't want to be they don't want to be preached at. They don't want to be hit over the head with a math. Um, generally, people don't want to be hit over the head with a with a math test or things like that. They want to come and they want to play a fun they want to play a fun game. That's why Option Tactics is not super simulation because I had to cut a lot of shit in the gun world out of Option Tactics to make it playable. Um, and I've seen other games do the same thing. GURPS does the same thing. Um, GURPS does the same thing. I know Shadowrun does the same thing. Like, it's about – a lot of people forget that this is about fun, not not correct. Well, I, I mean, I wouldn't even – to me, I'm not coming at it from the perspective of being objectively better. I don't care about even the, the idea of being There objective. are people in this community, specifically the, the game design community, who are, and that's a problem. Yeah, to me that's a very are, strange thing because I want to have what I really want is to have strong competition between, you know, a good selection of people doing totally different things, and having a vision so that you can be like, well, I don't want to play that, or you know, you can like more than one game. You can say, well, I yeah, I have fun with D and D, but when I really want to, you know, get into some you know modern tactical shit, I'm going to play Ops and Tactics. When I want to do you know something that's girls. totally narrative based and in just very rules light and, and sort of elegant or whatever i'll play misfortune which is like a game somebody else is making here on gdg and it's like you can have or fate or something like that yeah my yeah. and i'm and what i'm telling you is that most people who anybody okay so anybody who would 
anybody who would be quote unquote turned off by the fact that elves can change their gender isn't in this community. Isn't in, isn't in, isn't, sorry, isn't in, they're not the people who went to the coast is targeting. They, they don't, they're not old heads. Well, that makes sense. I remember when people were fucking, when, when elf became a race and not a class. That was a, that was a world ending fucking for a lot of fucking people. Elves aren't a class. Elves aren't a class. There's on a race. They're a class. Blah, 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 blah. Like that was a seriously, that was, that was a seriously big thing for a lot of people. Sure. When they turned elf from, from a class to a race, it was a huge problem for a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I don't this know. Is, I, I, I see the same thing as this, but on a smaller scale. They, all they did is give elves an, um, a racial ability that's 99% fluff. Yeah, exactly. But, you know, on the other hand, what I, what I would say is that even though you have the old players who remember the way things were and they don't want things to change, that's one way of looking at it, but. Yes, and the wonderful thing is they don't have to. They can play their old system. This yeah. ain't like Games Workshop, where it, once a new one comes out, that's it. Um, there is that, but I think there's going to be, if there isn't already, you know, with the whole rising tide of 5e and the, the increasing, you know, let's say the whole like slice of pie thing, the pie is getting bigger, more people are coming into the hobby, there's going to be... That's a good thing. There's, yeah, it's great. And then when they make choices like this and they start pandering in this way, there is going to be a percent of that pie slice that's going to start looking for other games or at least like being open to trying a different game because okay. even young people, you know... There's a there's a big division between people who want to have who are sick of political stuff being put in their games. Okay. And you know, people who I don't think it's a division between young and old. I think it's just a division between, you know, people who want to have something that's interesting yes. and in and Withers of the Coast Yes. And Wilders of the Coast saw the writing on the wall and decided to go in the in the direction that they felt would make them the most money. I yeah. can't hate them for that because that's what that they do them. They make games to make money, plain and simple. They make games to sell books. They make games to sell miniature. They make games to sell um, monster manuals and GM guides and novels and shit like that. That's what their goal is. My think, goal is not to do that. I'm not out here trying to make you know money off Option Tactics. I know a lot of people out there aren't out there to make money off of their RPG or right. whatever, right? So what, because we forsake the, the money aspect, we, we have a little bit more freedom. But I, you, I don't know. We, I have to say, like, I understand what you're saying. I just think, uh, even that they have to be careful that they're playing with fire. It could actually backfire. They could end up losing customers and having, I mean, they probably will lose customers, but they'll probably gain them too. So it's, it is what it is. Like, I don't, I don't see it as, I don't see it as them. I don't, I don't see it as them. How do I say this? I don't think they give a fuck about gender politics one way or the other. No, I don't think they do either. I think they are I just think pandering. That, I think, well, not even that, but I think that they're, because you say pandering, you say you say pandering like they're an individual. They're a company. They're marketing. There's a big difference. They're marketing to a target audience. That's all they're doing. Right. Yeah. It's not pandering if you're trying to sell somebody. It's marketing. Yeah, I guess Never that forget be. that. <laughs> Because it's not like we're on your side. It's like, hey, pay us money. Yeah. 
It's so And if you, you buy to... that, then guess what? We got five more lined up that we're going to sell you after that because There, yep, then get them hooked and keep them rolling. So that's that's why I'm like I don't care cuz they're business. Um do you have let's try to get back on the tracks here a little bit. Is there more bad games or should we get into all the We got a huge list of stuff we want to talk about. And we're an hour I mean, we can now. we can I've I've hit the major ones. Um yeah, I've hit the I've hit the major ones I had on my list. Um, so we can probably go from there because there, there's so much stuff I want to talk to you about. I, I think the 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 bad RPGs are are something that you know you can. I, I'm looking at the PDF files that you send, and it's like they really is worse. And I can say now that D and D is not nearly as bad as as not what, even, not what even you close. mentioned. Um, I don't even know how much like learning value there is from looking at them and saying don't do this because it's just so obvious. I don't think even the worst amateur obvious is relative. There. What's that? What's obvious to somebody who's done this for a while, maybe brands, maybe you know, a eureka moment for somebody who's just getting into this. That's true. So that's true. Um, but I want to talk about uh, your your opinions on some of the other more design philosophy sort of stuff. Um, specifically one of the things I wanted to talk about was your, something you made very clear, which is that you designed your game that you don't trust the GM. Yes. And you had the, that ties in with a lot of different things, but part of it is, uh, I'm thinking the top down versus bottom up thing and a lot more, (laughs) and it's also in the priorities of what you work on first, because if you, the way that sounds like you wrote it, you, you said that you sort of thought of it like a video game. In the sense that, you know, it has to be clear what you're able to do or not. Um, but in the GDG community, from what I've seen, is sort of an acceptance that you have to trust the GM. Nope. Nope, you don't have to trust the GM. You, have to, you don't have to trust the GM at all. Well, you do. Okay, I take that back. You do to a you do to a point. I've, I've finished all of my tea, so I'm probably going to take like a 30-second break after I say this in there. <laughs> sure. Um but yeah, so you do have to trust the GM, but you only have to trust the GM. You don't have to trust the GM on things that are like mechanical. Um, you do obviously have to trust the GM to run a competent story and stuff like that. But the system should never be the reason why the GM failed because GMs, for lack of a better phrase, aren't very good at them. Um, it's just in my personal experience, you know, take your feelings. We also take your fee, fee fees where you want to. Just something I've noticed. Um, GMs generally make because and here's why they don't have the time to they don't have the time to sit and evaluate the impact a rule may have on a long term basis. Yeah, I think that's a great point. They have to make a snap decision right then and there, and usually that snap decision is not the best decision. Um, sometimes it is, but the other thing they have to do they have to be consistent with it. So they have to yes. like if I say if I say yes you can parry a race spell, um I say that that say that because that actually happened one time in in a game I played in a long time ago, um if I then go back and I don't remember that but trust me your players will remember that because it's beneficial to them yeah um and they go oh you know you let me parry the race spell this time but you know not this time because this is an important boss fight blah 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 so it's it it really it really can reduce the um, what's the phrase? Confidence in the GM. Yeah. Um, yeah, if you make these sort of one-off judgment calls, 
uh, that's something that I'm I'm currently trying to figure out how to phrase it and how to, tra- you know, because to some extent as a designer, you have to train the GM to think along the terms of uh, your system. But you really, the best way to do that is to have like a rule they can look up. Uh, but there's also, you know, there's guys out there, yeah. there's guys out there who's like, you know, I'm thinking of one guy in specific. He's going to know who he is. Um, you know, use common sense. That's his banner of his nope. project. Nope. Nope. And I can tell you like, and I say it like this, um, common sense is a, is one of the most varying, um, me- means of, uh, metering something in the world. Okay. I have to agree. So use common sense is, I mean, for example, it's perfectly common sense for me. Uh, it's perfectly common sense for me to have, you know, to walk into a hardware store and buy a brick of, of ammunition. That's common sense because that, that you can do that. It may not be common sense for someone who lives in Britain. That may not, that may be strange and foreign. To Terrifying. Them. Yeah. So. Yeah. So yeah, that, that's, that's why I don't like. The, the 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 common sense monkeyer. I don't, I don't really like, like that at it. All. The reason why I don't like it is because the people who who are looking up your rules, the people who don't have common sense, are the ones who need the rule the most. Like mm-hmm. if you if you have common sense, you don't need to be told to use common sense. The only yeah, people, the re- yeah, the only people the re- who need to be told use common sense are the people who you know for whatever reason they don't get they don't get it. You need to explain it to them. Yeah, the other reason I don't trust um, the other reason I don't trust GMs is because rule lawyers exist, and rule bullies exist too. You know what a rule bully is? Not really. A rule bully is somebody is a rules lawyer who uses the rules to bully the GM into doing things that they probably shouldn't be doing. So, what would be a good example of that? Uh, I'm gonna reach back to D and D, but the whole um, I'm gonna close my eyes as a pallet. Okay, so. It's like, hey, you you know, you ha- you have to see acts, right? Yeah. See bad acts. Now, I want this bad as a player. I want this bad act to happen. I'm playing a paladin, so I'm just gonna close my eyes. I didn't see it, you know. And the GM was like, well, no, you have to, you know. It says that you have, you know, if you see it, it's trying to imply that you, if you know about. It. But the book says see, and I could be wrong. So I'm just using an example. But the book says see. I'm following the rules to the book. Yeah. You know, you can't, you know, it is what it is. You can, you know, and this is where rule zero will be invoked sometimes, but not every GM knows how to invoke that. Um, so, yeah, you, using the rules to bully your way to do things you want to do. A great example is pun pun. Pun right. pun is probably the, the, the greatest example of, sorry, I would, I would, I wouldn't say not pun pun. Pun pun is a great example of, of min maxing broken systems, but. If a GM says you can use any book and you make pun pun, you are a rules book. Because What's the difference you are a, between that and a rules lawyer, though? A rules lawyer is somebody who simply points out the rules as written and say, hey, the rules say this. Um, and this is what the rule, like, this is how we should follow the rules. Oh, that right. That doesn't necessarily, yeah, that doesn't necessarily mean that uh, it's in their benefit. A rules, rules bully, then, would be more like, he, he's actually aggressive about trying to use the rules for weird shit or to, you know, to actually change the flow of the game and stuff and mm-hmm. defy common sense. Yeah, a rules lawyer is like, a rules lawyer, to be an example, is like if a GM says, well, roll your will save to block that. And the rules lawyer would be like, but the book says roll, roll, um, what's it called? The book says roll. The Constitution ah, fuck, what or something. 
well, like you're at roll, roll fortitude or something like that. That's a rules lawyer. A rules bully would use the book to make it so where he only rolls fortitude because that's his best stat. Yeah. So what you what your design philosophy is that you you know those people exist and you have to mm-hmm. consider them while you're writing your stuff. You write you should write books for them specifically for them. See now there's a there's a different guy, uh, Magic Juggler who's uh, who was on the show here who was uh, designing you know a war game and was definitely um, that kind of person as well. He could always spot these rules that could be broken and bent and stuff, and he'd point out all these uh, ways that like for example Warhammer. 40k had made these rules that allow you if you really if you read them interpret them to the, the letter, right way to the letter which is what you do yeah and then it's like well this is somewhat vague phrasing even even though a common sense would obviously dictate it's supposed to be read one way you mm-hmm. can read it a different way you can interpret it that way and in that case you can do x y and z and to me it's like i at that at that point, just don't play with that person. You know, I just don't. I mean, that's. I mean, I got. I agree with that statement. That yeah, don't play with that person because that person's a dick. But don't write. If we're we're not we're not we're not talking on a GM level or a player level. We're talking on a writer level. Don't create that situation. If you can avoid it, you should. But I also think that there's there's it's you're putting extra so much extra stress on the designer to be like. Yes. Yeah. Yes, I am. Welcome to design. Yeah, but but at the cost of if you mm. did phrase everything so technically that a rules lawyer can't get around it, is you the average person? Like yeah, the average person will look at that and say, "I just don't want to read it." Like it's just it's written in sort of this anal, you know, technical way that doesn't flow well, and it's whatever. And I'm a very much a believer in trying to write in a way that's like an inviting thing. And okay. And if you have a GM, if you have somebody there who's there to be a sort of enforcer of the correct interpretation of the book, I don't see a much need to have, you know, a, a that specific of terminology and, and phrasing of everything. But you would also have to, like, what I'm trying to do is when I say, when I write rules, I write the reason why the rule exists alongside the rule. And I tell people, this is why this rule exists. Oh yeah, no, you'd be out there forever, Trey. If I did, if I did that, um, generally, okay. So to 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 go off of that, yeah, you generally get a technical aspect of something. Um, I have this mentality when it comes to awesome tactics in writing. In addition to me not trusting GMs and players and having to write a rule very carefully so that when you write it, it excludes certain things. Um, that's a very like that's. The way I had to write it and the way I had to balance everything is I had to make sure that behind the scenes, elegantly, that the numbering and the numbers and stuff didn't allow it at all. That makes any sense, right? Yeah. Like, I, like you don't. I don't have to say. I don't have to say. You know, you can't. You can't reduce anything to less than one to to to, to negative combat points because the way the rules are written, there's no in rule way to reduce something to negative combat. Like oh, yeah. you cannot do it mechanically. It's not possible without cheating. So interpretation doesn't even come into the picture because it's, it's mechanically not... impossible. Right. Yes. Uh, and when it becomes mechanically possible, that's when I'm like, by the way, you can't reduce this below. You can't use this to reduce it below zero. So I'm going to want you to end up reading my rules when I'm done because, or somebody who can think like that, because I know that I write, 
the way I write is going to be open to all sorts of interpretations. Uh, but again, it also depends on what kind of game you're trying to write. If you're trying to write a rules like game, yeah, you know, flowery language and trusting the GM and blah blah blah. That's the thing. Option tactic is a game about combat, and combat is life or death. And life or death means lots of cheating. So there's a, there's a no saying there's a no saying about a gunfight. The only gunfight, the only unfair gunfight is a gunfight you lose. So yeah. So that's that's the the subject matter matters a bunch as well. Um, also the this and this is just goes inside with me not trusting gyms and all that. If the and specifically for option tactic, if the book says that you can't do it, then you can't do it. If the book doesn't say you can't do it, feel free. Right. Yeah, you definitely don't want to create try to create something where it's like because uh, you will be there all day trying to write trying to you. Trying to tell people what they lot. can do. Trying to well, no, trying to, yeah, trying to tell well, telling people what they can do and what they can't do is fine. But you you'll never cover every you'll never cover every single possible action. Yeah. So you have to decide: is the natural state going to be yes, you can, or is the natural state going to be no, you can't? Right. Okay. Um. Originally, when I first started writing this, it was no, you can't. Then I realized that there's so much bull, so much fun shit that like the the I'm not did I mention the the, the psychic throwing throwing psychic chainsaws? I think you did. Last time? Yeah. Okay, yeah, that is an example of you can you sure as fuck can. Um, if you follow the rules as they're written, and and you know you somehow end up at that level, go for it, do it. In a way, you're almost hoping as a designer that there's all sorts of surprising you know, implications of your rules so that you yourself can play it and not already know this is the list of, you know, 1,000 things you can do in this game. You well, should. Yeah. Some stuff you patch, though. Some stuff you want to patch. Some some things you want to patch, but some things you don't. Um, just, like, just like I said before, the whole reduce combat points for an attack to negative zero, that took playtesting. We right. had to figure that out. I had to actually look at all the possibilities that you can use, that you can use to lower your combat points. And that goes back to I'm the bad player. games you were talking about that clearly weren't play tested, and you can kill yourself in character generation and stuff like that. It's like, you know, when you play, I think test, that may have been on purpose. <laughs> well, Real talk. I, I think either way, I think people who are making you know their games now they gotta you have to play test it obviously, but um, play play test it in a way where you are trying to break it and see what breaks. And that's why I like your your mentality that you always have with with you know you want people to give you feedback on what they don't like and what isn't working and stuff like that because, you know, everything's fine until something breaks. And it's like mm -hmm. you need to find that before the players do if you can. Yep. That's exactly because um, a a single – the worst thing that can happen to an RPG is there is one way to win. That is probably the worst thing you can ever happen to have for an RPG. A single path to victory. Yeah. And you because... say that as somebody who likes to min-max, and I'm sure that's, that's something that I've, you know, I have friends that are min-maxers and, you know, we play, you know, whatever, online RPGs or like MMOs or something like that. And they'll com they'll be addicted to a game. They'll play a game like crazy, but their complaints about it are the fact that they always play it's too one, easy. They always play one class, and you know, there's no reason to pick another class. And I'm like, just pick the other fucking class. Just have fun with that class. Like, no, nope, that, that is. You can still beat if you can beat the game with the class. Then that means it's viable. That is what that. That is what that. That is that is an issue that 
that's more of a psychological issue in the gaming in the gaming world in general. Uh, specifically, it hits our hobby the hardest. It's called the optimized character. Right. So something that I've seen just psychologically wise is that people there there's a type of player, and this is this is probably because I go on TG too much, but there's a type of player that feels that if they're not putting up the best numbers or damn near close to the best numbers, they're useless. Exactly. They feel that they feel that if they that it's a binary thing, either they're in the best or they're worthless. There is no like that little bit of damage that they can do is worth. It's not you might as well not even bother because um, <laughs> they're trying to optimize their character. They're trying to be the most optimal fighter, the most optimal you know com- combatant they can be because they feel that that's how they that's how they. Stay competitive. It's the it's the whole I win D and D mentality, right? Well, and that's that's what makes me crazy is the fact that it's like they think that the skill of the game is the character creation and the optimization, not that the yes, skill of the game. Yes, because it is. Not that the because skill of the game is managing to win with whatever you chose, which is like if you can get to the end credits and you get the you win victory screen, it's like what's the but difference if you got there something... you know faster than me or not you know i still won you still won we both won well because that's not how that that's not how that mentality works um at all in fact so basically the mentality is you know i want to be you know i, I don't want to feel like i'm useless is what it, what it boils down to that's why you know healers and such and a lot of rpgs are usually not played by the more seasoned players because it's because they feel that them losing out on the ability to heal heal things is a is a minor loss to the fact that they are now the top deep you know damage per turn DPT. Yeah. You know. Well, and that's where um, like I've seen in actual you know D and D groups that I've been in where if somebody's indecisive about what they want to be and they're just trying, wanting to have fun, all the min maxers will gang up to tell that person just pick a healer, just pick a healer because. You know, then they can max further optimize their own character because they really don't have to worry about you know dying Health. and stuff. Yes, yes. And it's like they even start controlling the other players to be like, you know, pocket healers. Yes, I, I understand the concept. Yeah, so it's like to me that's like a a disease of the hobby. It's like, come on, like why are you why are you just ruining the the variability, the possibilities that because there, can because do? because there are clear there are. Hmm. Because good beats interesting every day. <laughs> no, seriously. Good beats interesting every day. It's nice that your character is interesting, but mine's good. So get off the <laughs> um, and so now as a designer who has that mentality, it, it, you have you do have that much more pressure to say there has to be viable things that are just as good. Oh, yeah, no, yeah. I, yeah. And I, yeah, to use Ops as an example, um, there is... <laughs> Unless you actually, unless you decide to play like a skill character or something like that, everything's pretty dangerous. Um, I did that with having very low health, you know, not a lot of, you don't get, you can't like mash out on health without actually eating into combat feats and things like that. Um, I've, I can't say for the latest, because the latest version, the last one is version that's out, doesn't have this correction. But the newer version that I'm going to re-releasing when I actually get finished with everything, maybe, possibly, I'm not sure. Um, has a fix to um, machine pistols and submachine guns because that was an issue. One of the things about a submachine gun and, sub- and a pistol is that there's no reason to take one over an AR-15. In real life, that's the case. It's right. A carbine is pretty much always going to be a better choice. Except than, portability or something. Yeah, something like that. Um, 
I made a few changes to that, so some machine guns are... I didn't nerf carbines. I made some machine guns better. Um, slightly better. They're still worse than carbines, but they're not as bad. Um, but that's... I defeated... Okay, so I defeated the no best weapon by just having way too many of them. Um, uh, there's... There's so much choice, you can't cycle through what's best without sat without not sacrificing, but without um, gimping yourself in another in another way. For example, we had there was a guy with a, with a machine gun, right? That's all nice and cool, but you get in the melee range and he's fucked up. The pro, the hard part is getting into melee range. He can't. He's not very foot mobile either because he's you know weighed down with armor and ammunition shit like that. Yeah. Um. But in his element, he's great. Um. Shotguns. I love shotguns. I think shotguns are the best. Um, but they're very, but they they have high damage and they're very cheap. But they have a tendency to, as as they go out in distance, they also lose damage. Yeah. You could switch over to slugs, but then then you're actually sacrificing accuracy instead. Because um, you a slug will never be a slug a a shotgun with a slug will never be as accurate as a rifle. Well, no, it's not rifled. Yes. You can well. You can rifle it. You can put a rifle barrel on a slug, but it will still it still won't be able to hit those same um, marks because you can't you can't match barrel a slug barrel. Right. So well, it will never hit that that you you can you can you can get away with sniping with a shotgun, but you won't do the same as it was with an actual built rifle. Um. Yeah. You don't want to you don't want to have a best. You never want to have a best overall or a best in multiple situations. Yeah, you want to. Have, it sounds like you want to have, like, from your design philosophy. Everything's got to have... be viable. Everything's got to be viable in some type of situation. And in the case of two things that are viable in the same area, it's got to be a coin flip. See, I find it interesting. That you don't seem to emphasize in your game a long progression of, you know, sort of uh, little commitments that add up into oh, optimal fuck no. characters. It's more like. Choices that two anybody feet to can level. make. Two feet to level. No, we don't. We're not. We're not playing that. We're not playing that long game. And do you do that because you you want to avoid that sort of weird rabbit trail of this is the path you have to take to get optimal and stuff? You just want to make it so that everybody can sort of be on on the same level if they want to, and just make you know the emphasize the the choices you make in the moment kind of thing. Well, I mean, well, it's not even that. It's that I don't want so. The reason I cut the thing, it was originally I cut it down to 8, but I put it right up to 10. The reason I cut it from 20 levels to 10 is because they're dead levels. Like, nah. Yeah. Progression progression only matters when people care about their character for a long term. Um, when you design a game around that, you alienate people like me who, you know, don't want to have to go through 13 iterations to get six feats. Like, right. Dead levels are a problem. Right, and if you have high lethality in your game, and you, um, you would basically encourage like shorter campaigns and more. I've seen not from with a, with a long campaign, but um, I've seen it run along with long campaigns. But because you get more choice every time, you get two feet instead of one every four level. I mean, two feet per level versus one feet every. I think it's either every two levels or every level. Is a big difference. So, like a, when a lot of people see this system, they go, "I get two feet to level." Like that's fucking. That's it's 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 crazy to them because they don't yeah. they've never experienced that before. Um, I love that idea. 
I, I, I guess what I'm, I'm making the mistake right now of going against what you were talking about of designing the game bottom up. I'm, ta- I'm looking at it from a top down point of view and thinking, what kind of vision did you have of how the game should play? And you didn't really design it that way, right? Mm-mm. And you were talking last time, uh, I think after, after the podcast, you said we were talking about which one is more unique and what, what you can get out of, uh, you know, the, the problem with being generic and also, uh, trying to be unique by doing top down versus bottom up. And I know we did talk about that last time, but I still, I still want to talk about that a little more because. Oh, that's fine. Yeah. Um, when you have the mechanics first and you have sort of this, this, uh, methodology for what should be in the game, what shouldn't be, you do have a very clear idea of what the game was about or not. Like you said, cars are simplified and guns are complex. And that's because the game is not about cars. The game is about guns. So to me, that's like a top-down decision to say, well, you know, this is a game about ops and tactics. It's about these things. But it sounds like you didn't really apply that to, um, didn't really apply it to the 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 uh, long-term progression sort of idea. You were just trying to avoid a certain thing. Mm-hmm. And it's not that you had a, a vision of as you know, as somebody who min-maxes and and you know can rule lawyer and all that stuff. Here's how I'm going to cleverly bypass that and I'm going to, you know, incentivize them to come in that way and that way. There wasn't a lot of theory behind it. It's more based on play testing, more based on, um, I'm Use guessing case. when you get, when you actually get some feedback, you know, you, you know what you want to play and you're just making what you enjoy. And then when you get feedback, you can correct. And so it's not as much about some sort of grand vision of how things should be. Yeah, grand vision. Uh, this grand visions can fuck up rules. That's that's why I don't I don't bother with that kind of stuff. Um, grand vision. The the grand vision. Like if I could, if I had to say, if I had to give you a grand vision, I'd be like, have a bunch of guns in an RPG. <laughs> that's a grand. That's my grand vision. Have a bunch of guns in an RPG. Um, doesn't get more simpler than that, right? Right. Um, but be yeah, better, the be reason- better than D twenty modern is like it's a pretty. It's not that great. It's pretty. It's it's, but it's it's pretty open ended. You know, there's no commitment. There's not like anything where I can, you know, where I have to like. Well, I'm trying to make an RPG that that caters to, you know, the the trucker community or some shit like that. Like, no, it's 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 base and it's simple because that's all I need for that. Yeah, I'm. I'm feel me? I'm guilty of the opposite. I mean, I didn't start with a vision at all of what what I wanted in my game, but. But over time, as I've get, gotten more opinionated, you know, as somebody who yeah. is looking into different RPGs, it's like now I, I'm taking my opinions on RPGs and I'm trying to think on a very high level how I can solve things. And, you know, Don't I, solve I, things. I appreciate solve. guys like you. And I know that Tom Jensen in there, you know, he's put out a bunch of games and stuff. You're you're already out there making stuff and people are playing it and having fun with it. And nobody's doing shit with my game because it's not actually finished. And part Don't, of that is I mean, because, because of you're trying to vision. Okay, you're, it's like you're because it's the it's the artist versus the mechanic type. Of, an artist tries to make a vision, makes you think, blah blah blah. blah. But um, if you're out, if you're if your goal is to make people think about stuff, then you're going to neglect the rules. If their goal is to have good rules, you're probably going to neglect making people think. Huh? Never thought of it as a trade-off. It you probably is a, it's a definite trade-off. You're definitely trading off something for something else because your time is, is is finite. It's not infinite, so you have to pick something. I picked rules because that's to me that is what makes a game unique. 
I don't give even a quarter of a fuck about the setting of a system. I look at a system's combat and I go, oh, look, it's just using 2D6. It's boring. Why am I, why would I play this? And it's just like, but the storyline, I don't give a shit about the storyline. Like, right. what does it do interesting mechanically that I can't make up myself or is use it, options? I, I like that as an observation. If it is a trade-off between, between like thinking about you know, sort of higher concept stuff versus uh, much more practical, you know, implementation. That would also go back to the the GM having to make decisions on the fly versus just look up the rules. The sort of mental capacity, the load that people can can carry at once. You do kind of have to make a choice of you, I can either have a you know rules. Do heavy. I want to worry about the mechanics or I want to worry about the storyline? Yeah, and. And, My and, job is to worry about the mechanics. It's the GM's job to worry about the storyline. Exactly. Whereas, you know, uh, you could make it so that there's, a, you know, the GM should be worried about the mechanics and and have a lot of say in how situations play out. But and you, there are games like that. And you, but then you would have to, to some extent. That's probably why rules light systems put so much of the creative storytelling burden on the players because somebody has to take up the slack. Because, mm-hmm. because the GM is worried about how is how what what should you roll what what is even the correct thing to do here, so yeah. he can't. Should I have it. them roll mental or should I have them roll dexterity? Should I have them roll? You know, he wants to shoot a guy with a gun, but it's not. You know, but the but the actual shooting aspect of this press against the guy's muzzle is fun. So I guess he shouldn't really worry about having to hit him because he's going to hit him. But there's a lot of stress involved with this. So maybe I should have him roll a mental to get over the stress of blowing some dude's brains out in front of him. Like, like the GM has to worry about that in a rules like system and option tactics is it, that that's taken care of press against a muzzle. Oh, uh, that's a, that's called a no miss shot. Uh, he gets an AOP. If he misses, you know, if if he if he fails a op, you shoot him in the, you shoot him in the head. Yeah. Done. <laughs> like a GM doesn't have to think about you know pressing you know pressing against pressing a gun against a muzzle because it's already taken care of. Yeah. And if you you know to what extent do you start worrying about bloat like rules bloat? Ooh. Um. You want an honest answer? Or you want an angry answer? I want an angry answer. <laughs> okay, angry answer is when anybody says that this this that insert feature here is bloat. Then I then I usually rip it out and get and shove it up their ass. Um, a real answer is when it no longer when I can't justify it to myself why this is a major why am I spending so much time on this rule? So it's a personal sense of what you know your the amount of time you're spending on it, like. That that's just interesting to me that there is a threshold at which you know you have to say the GM has to make a decision if this happens. Um, I mean, because again, I mean, like again, I could go very deep into the craft writing, for example. I could I could go through the roles and because craft writing is really simple. It's like you you write a novel or you write a paper. Or what do you get? You can sell it, make money. Whoopity do. Uh, craft visual art is the same thing. Like. I could have gone really deep into that, all right? I could have gone, you know, okay, so you can decide what kind of artistic style you, you're going to make the painting out of. You can decide, well, you know, you're going to do monochrome or color that will reduce or increase the DC or whatever. I could have did all that, right? Yeah. Could have went super deep in it. Why? What What? What does that have to do about shooting people? 
Well, and that's the thing is you you have a, such a clear core uh, premise of your game, whereas a lot of people, especially in a generic system, if they're trying to make something generic, I would never recommend anybody to make a fully generic system like GURPS. There's a reason for it. There's a reason that GURPS is written by a team of people. Right. And why they put out a million splat books that are also researched by teams of people. Um, yeah, teams of people. Um, GURPS was not, GURPS is not a singular project. And to be perfectly honest with you, there's no real reason to try and emulate GURPS. That's why people always point, tell me, well, why don't I just play GURPS? And I'm like, I'm not, I'm not out here trying to replace GURPS. GURPS has a purpose. GURPS does things that Ops does that Ops outright refuses. Um, yeah. So there's like I'm not gonna be I'm not gonna be worried about prehistoric combat. I'm not gonna be worried about honestly really space combat and futuristic stuff to like the like 200 300 years in the future. I'm not worried about that. It's not Ops's focus. You know. Yeah. We I don't have disintegrate. We don't have disintegrator rifles in Ops. Um. You know, we don't, we don't have, that's not, that's not my focus. But when it comes to modern guns and shit, yeah, that's my lock. I'm taking that shit. I'm taking that crown back. Um, because that's what my focus is. Um, well, but when you're, when you're talking about writing a generic system to the same level of, of GURPS. Well, oof. I don't know, if, I don't know if anybody's doing that, but I, I have heard other guys talk about doing generic, a generic rules light kind of thing, a generic. Oh, that's, sort of... that's, that's already been done too. It's called Dungeon War. Oh, yeah. Or apocalypse world. Um, and, and last time you were talking about, uh, or I, th I guess after the podcast, maybe I, I can't remember. Uh, you were talking about when you don't create everything together, like when you mm -hmm. had the D and D problem, you called it. Um, yeah, that was on. That was on. That was on. That was on camera. Yeah. I mean, I mean, podcast, whatever. Yeah, the D and D effect. If you don't write everything together, um, some shit's going to be broken. Right. And the more yeah. books that you write, the more possibilities for shit to be broken. Yeah, and you were saying that every time you introduce something new, you have to consider all of the other books that are already out if they're supposed to be compatible with each other, and it becomes exponentially. Or you have, yeah, or you have to say, use this book with it, like what Gurf does. Use this book with this book and this book and nothing else. Oh, right, okay. Because yeah, Gurf does do that. It says, well, it doesn't say that outright, but it's like these books are enjoyed best with blank. Yeah, I'm interested, you know, obviously you're, putting out extra material and stuff, you're, you're dealing with this personally, but you also have that mentality where you're good at spotting things that would break other options if you combine certain options and different things. And for somebody like myself, where I'm like, you know, here's just more stuff, and isn't that fun? Like, uh, huh. you know, I guess that the lesson for guys like me, and I know a lot of other guys that, have, that are in GDG, um, that's something, a lesson that needs to be learned um, not only because it will end up badly, but because you'll spend so much time working on something and then it could all be for waste if there ends up being just a broken, you know, combination that ends up coming out of it. So I think yeah. before, before you do anything like that, before you want to bite off more than you can chew, it would be a good idea to, um, what I would say is write it small, write one, one. So, a little unknown thing was that in the older version of Option Tactics, I did that. I did the add-ons and things. Um, I didn't do them in the big chunk of Modern Magicka that you see. Okay? Right. Modern Magicka originally was just magic. It was just magic, and that's it. It didn't have anything else. Well, the magic and the races and everything like that. What I also had were things called supply drop. Um, a supply drop was a PDF 
no bigger than 20 pages. Yeah, I think it was, I think most of them were around like 8, 10 pages that had a little bit of rules, right? Like just sign it or just these weird guns or just, you know what? I can actually, I actually have them. Let me go and open, let me go and open. Um, oh God, please. God damn. Load faster. You're on a solid state drive. Why are you so slow? <laughs> Jesus Christ. We can, we can cut out um, the silence in editing. It's, no, it's not that. I'm just, I wish this motherfucker would go faster. Um, but no, it's, it's, yeah. So I had little supply drops and they were just simple, singular add-ons to rules that were self-contained, right? Right. That made it very easy for me to evaluate a single rule set because oh, it right. wasn't, because you were saying, you know, I wasn't, I, you were saying that you'd try to change one thing at a time and then, you know, see what effect it had. See what right? it did. Yeah. Um, let me actually go to the old PDFs. Uh, yeah, okay, so supply drops. I actually found them. So we had some equipment, some big guns. Number two had riot gear and SWAT equipment. Number three was actually the simple firearms rule set. So it was just like simplified guns and stuff like that for people who didn't care about guns. Um, number four was a bunch of SBRs and things like that. Um, number five was fantasy weapons. What is this? So fantasy weapons, oh, like... The lawgiver and the gas-operated chainsaw and, well, gas-operated um, rocket launcher. Just a bunch of, you know, dumb gun shit, right? Right. Sounds, um, yeah. yeah. Number six was odd calibers and odd guns. Most of these were equipment supply drops. Um, number seven, number eight, and number nine were, let's see. I've so number seven was actually a... Sniper add-on, like how to run a sniper. It had some sniper upgrades and things like that. And it would it added on, like, things for a sniper to use, right? Right. But it also explained how to play a sniper, how oh, to run okay. for a sniper. So that was like a bolt-on thing, okay? So you're doing a little number, bit of education in there as well. Yeah. Number eight was, um, oh, yeah, that was the, this was the, the customize your own, customize your own um, character thing we still had. That's old. And, you know, a race-building mechanic where you built your own race and stuff like that. Um, ah, this is old enough. Uh, so, yeah. So, that, you know, that this was just a small thing I could add and remove at will. Um, so, but the reason I'm mentioning these is because I could use, I could do them in chunks. I, I didn't have to go and add Sion and invocation and this and that and that all at the same time, you know? Yeah. I could, you know, I could, you know, chop them up and do them one at a time. And that's what I would say is for somebody who wants to add things to their game, um, do that. Don't don't add everything all at once. Ch add chunks. If it's new rules, add, you know, break it down to a point where it's a section of rules that are kind of together and kind of match up, you know? Yeah. It's very um, tempting from a designer point of view to want to make something major and then, uh, you know, hopefully you would get this whole resurge of interest in your game and, and all that kind of stuff. Whereas a smaller update would be like, oh, if you're already playing, here's something new. It's like, but, you know, it's from a marketing perspective, there would also be <laughs> some appeal to trying to package things. And you'd be surprised. You'd be surprised how much interest. I was very surprised at how much interest each supply drop actually brought. Um, the way that you – this is just something I was thinking of with your – I'm trying to get more uh, insight into 
your your mentality as a designer and as somebody who's who's good at min maxing um it, it seems to me like there's a, a tendency for guys like you to have um an, a, a focus on equipment and like if you go to like Diablo and and these other sort of like really loot heavy games where mm-hmm. the end game is almost always better loot and stuff like that it it's there's something interesting there i can't quite figure out what it is but it's like i mean well for me specifically it's not even for me specifically it's not even you know better equipment or stuff like that it's well it is to a sense but i like lots of stuff well yeah it's a variety but because that's is, what that's what makes the character interesting because especially in, particularly for a modern game particularly for awesome tactics there's not real like there's no special unique snowflakes in Option Tech. What make you different are your are your things you have learned, your skills, your feats, your abilities, what you can do with them, how you do what you do with them. Yeah, like the choices you make in fights. Yeah. Uh, but at the same time, well, I mean, you have a. I'm, I'm going to quickly explain what you explained on the GDG channel about your magic system because you were talking a little bit about magic on the podcast last time, but. Uh, you explained on the channel that you actually had this system for writing your spells down on different material, mm-hmm. and and that depending on the material you wrote it on and how permanent of a, uh, a thing it is, like you know stitching something into leather versus you know writing it on paper versus carving it in stone, that is actually what determines how many times you can use the the spells. The spell on before it. it burns up, yeah. Like you can like let's to give it a quick example. If you write it on printer paper, the shitty bulk printer paper, it, it'll you cast it one time, it burns up. That's it, right? You go to into the stationary store, you get yourself some nice co- um, get yourself some nice carbon, uh, not carbon paper, uh, cotton paper that can probably be cast two or three times. Like you can cast that spell, boom, you have to rewrite it. You, you still got it. You still got two more. You can cast it again, boom. Cast one more time, boom. Then it burns up. Um. Yes. Yeah, and then so the the focus, like turning it into a material uh, component and having that sort of be this balancing point, seems like uh, that's that's sort of where I'm getting at. With not that you as a player, you know, want to have bigger and better guns all the time, and that's why you add a lot. But isn't the, isn't it easier to balance everything when it's an item and the logic of how exactly it works can be fine tuned on that level as opposed to you know, character and system uh, level changes, and and you could, you if somebody could accuse you of having a bloat in the terms of how much um, guns and stuff you have and ammo types and everything you have, but it is easier. It has to be easier to balance things on an item by item basis, and so in that I mean, sense, well, it's pretty smart. It it is easier, but the reason that it's used, it's a better, in my opinion, it's a better way to do it is because. It's easier to, not just to balance, but to explain. It's a whole lot easier for me. Like, if I explain and say that, okay, so mental limit, for example, is the thing that it's it's based off of your, your level, which I know people don't like levels, fuck them, uh, your level and your wisdom score. Uh, well, I think your wisdom modifier, exactly. No, it's probably your score. No, it's your modifier. So it's based off of that, right? That's how many spells you can remember at one time. That's what that's what the actual like lore and rules say, okay? Because yeah. better memory, you know, better wisdom, better memory, right? Um, the actual physical aspect of writing a spell and casting a spell is better balanced in the physical realm because 
one could always just bullshit and say, well, I know, like, it's a whole lot easier for people to accept a physical limitation than a mental. That makes sense. Exactly. That's, I think that's what I was trying to get at is that it's a clever, practical way of, of limiting things and explaining it at the same time. Uh, you can have a, and you can, you can, you know, somebody in the chat, they, they were basically making fun of the idea by saying, oh, so if you laser etch it on titanium, it's, you know, it's, it's infinite. And you're like, yeah, but yeah. <laughs> the, the trade-off is that you're stuck with that set then because you can't do more on the you can't side. Very, like, yeah, you can't, you, you'd have to, you know, you can't use that, the, that memory in your brain because it's already etched in, it's literally etched into metal. So that memory in your brain, you can't force yourself to forget it. You can't, you, you can pretend like you don't remember it, but you remember it. So, um, because it's because of the effort taken to do that, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so the, yeah, the downside is that while you have that spell forever, your magical skill set stays the same, even if you grow as a mage. Yeah. Yes. I, I don't know. I find it fascinating that you, you have such a, a pragmatic approach to designing these things and adding them in because, uh, it really is, as far as I know, that's a very unique take on magic and i've heard I other think guys somebody else has done it before what's that i think somebody's done done that the way before i'm not i don't remember but well at the very least i can say that you know it's uh I, i've seen other people try to even you know have the idea of the spell components be the the limiting factor and the spell book and then you have to write it off and whatever and sometimes they even you know try to make it a pain in the ass for the player themselves to be able to do like they have to write stuff and do a bunch of extra work so that you're just literally punishing players for wanting to do more. Well, I mean, I did that though. I did, um, I did that with magic. The player has to build the spell. But that's fun. I mean, that's not like, uh, that's not really a restriction. That would get me more interested in doing spells, not less. Yeah. I mean, the, and this is just on the, on the player, on the, on the, on the player GM you know, writer side, like the out of character side. Yeah, it's you don't want to make it harder for players because they're not going to do it. Um, magic, like in magic and option tactics, does have a bit of a learning curve. Um, as some, I think I said this before, but one of one one of my playtesters was like, "I love mad the way magic is because it makes me feel like a real mage without having to actually do all the real mage math." Because um, it's basic algebra, you know, add add subtract, you know, stuff like that. That's basic algebra for most ma- all three magics actually, but. Um, I wanted to make the somatic, not somatic. I wanted to make the the material components matter, but I didn't want to do it in a bullshit way. That was that was why that that's why they that's why you write magic like that. Yeah, no, I thought that was a great solution in the end, and I'm trying to see what <laughs> other wisdom I can squeeze out of you here because it's 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 very interesting to me that you managed to get um, something that you know when people actually look at it, there's so much meat on the bone there's so much like substance to it but uh it doesn't seem to have fallen apart and you're very aggressive to try to um try to fix problems and and, and still put up more problem. content and content in a way that i would think that would just totally break it but you you've still managed to keep it balanced and interesting do you have well, like a blog or something that people can go and like I have a I have an option tactics blog, but that's mostly just at this point. That's just to let people know what I've done and releases, and I'm not dead. Um, I don't <laughs> like like I, again. I don't think of it. I don't think a lot of stuff. I don't think in high level. I think very low level. Um, 
I look at I look at things I look at option tactics as a system of systems. Yeah. It is a it is a conglomeration of various minor smaller systems. Uh, the magic system, for example, has requires I'm like when you break it down to its base component. I said, okay, what what do you need for magic? You need a writing utensil and you need a writing medium. Okay. Once you confine yourself to those two things, you then go. I then did this. I went and I looked at a bunch of writing mediums, like okay, paper, bricks, um, you know, walls, clay, drawing on clay. I wouldn't want to make a spell in clay. That'd be fucking. That'd be fucking terrible. Come on. But like you know, like like whiteboard, you know, chalkboards. A uh, wax tablet. Like I looked up everything that people that humankind has written on. Yeah. Um. You know. And then, okay, is there a quality difference in between these? Let's take paper. Yes, there is. There's a huge quality difference. So I can use that quality difference to increase something. What can I increase? What can I play around with? Um. That quality would matter. Um. And the fact of guns, it means for accuracy, you know, ca- capacity, caliber, whatever. Right, yeah. In magic, I'm not gonna, f- I'm not going to make a spell better just because you wrote on better paper. However, I am going to say you can, you can use that spell more before it breaks down. That I can work. With. You get more ammunition with that spell based on the, t- the quality of paper you use. But even um, there, I th- even there, I thought it was, it was so clever to say. Like there's, there would actually be a strategic reason to use shitty paper if you only want to use a spell once, right? That is, yep, that is correct. So even there, you're not creating an objective best. It's not like everybody will ultimately want to laser etch on titanium. They will want to use the medium that's appropriate for how many times they want to use a given spell. So even there, you're not creating this this thing that people are going to all end up at the same point. So yeah, and when I went to mediums, I mean utensils, I looked at it the same way. Like, what kinds of pins are there? And pro tip, the pin is a is a motherfucker. There are lots of different like I went all I went as back as far as I could to basic writing, and basic writing is basically a reed pin where you you take a reed, you cut it like at a, like an angle, so it's got a nice point to it. You dip it and you write on it, right? Yeah. Um, and I thought, okay, so. When would you want to use something in a more pure aspect over something like that's been industrialized? Because again, this is it, magic is industrialized. A magic shop in Option Tactics probably looks like a staple. Um, <laughs> there's a one of my one of our art director who he's a nice guy, but he's he's the he's like you guys. He's very high level. Yeah, you know, and he hates that idea. He says that. He says that I have killed magic. It is so, <laughs> I, it, it's not, it's not whimsical. And I'm like, you're right. It's not. It's, it's the opposite. It is. I would never mock you for that. I know you did kill magic, but it's, you're, you're doing the trade off. Because that's what would happen in the modern, in a real world. My opinion is that magic, the first thing we do is we would figure out, is it repeatable? Is it, can we, can we make a science out of it? Exactly. Can we, um, can we, how, you know, can we increase the, 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 what's the phrase? Can we increase the quality of things? Can we, what can we do with it in the industrial world? So better papers, better, better spells. Now, the funny part about it is that, um, there's something called spell inks. Okay. Yeah. Spell inks are basically high quality inks that improve they they give you more spell points to work with outside of your mental limit um thing no 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 they're still within your mental limit but 
you can spend more points. Like if I finally have a ten in, if I only have a ten in, you know, evocation, uh, but I use a ten, uh, I use a mastercraft spelling which has a ten, I can use twenty. The downside is my mental limit does not increase as well. So I'm using, I can make a more powerful spell, but I'm stuck with a mental limit. The thing, the funny thing about it is that spell, the higher level spell inks don't come in like big pen packs. You have to get a, get a real pen. You have to get a real fountain pen or a dip pen or whatever and actually write it like that. So the downside is that while it's more power, powerful mechanically, it's less portable. Man, that's, I, I tip my hat to you for coming up with this and, and just committing to it and being like, yeah, that's how it works. I don't care if people think that it's it's not whimsical and there's not a bunch of uh, mystique around it because obviously magic inherently is like illusionism. That's where it, in real life, you know, it's yeah, it's all but about. In, I mean, it's a science. You turn it into it, a science, and and it doesn't lose any of its effectiveness in the game, and you manage to create, like you said, a system of systems instead of having hand-waving and a bunch of fluff needed. I mean, well, there are some hand-waving. Like, you can't, generally you can't use, you can't break the law of the thermodynamics with evocation. That's one thing. Not, well, you can't do it to an egregious manner. Um, I know you can chill things and heat things up and light, like, cigarettes and fire and stuff with it, but for the most part, you know, that's, those are cantrips. Those are small things. Um Generally, you can't break the laws of thermodynamics. You can't break the law of equivalence change. Uh, well, you can, but there's a special, there's a special singular one item called a artifact, which is basically there's one of this thing, deal with it, um, that can break, kind of break the law of thermodynamics. It's weird. I'll, you have to read the book to, t- to check it. But no, it's a system of systems. That's how you look at it. You look at what the, what the system, what the system within the system, what are the parameters of this system, of this system that we're building. And what are the implications of that, too? Because, you know, if you just... Well, the implications come after the fact. Like, the, he he was the one who mentioned the, staple, the staples thing, and I was like, that's pretty, it's, that's fucking hilarious. Like, we were, <laughs> when we actually came with a bunch of mundane things that would be in everybody, like, the toothbrush that cures hangovers, that was pretty funny, too. He's, he he said it as, like, an insult, and we were like, that's a good idea. We should add that. <laughs> um... <laughs> But yeah, it's, it's, you have to, when you're building something complex like that, you have to, you have to break away from the full system and look at it as a separate system on its own, a separate little rule set on its own. Right. But I think, I have a feeling you're still the type of person that, that looks at the bigger picture and sees, you know, what the, the ecosystem of the balance of the whole thing, you know, you still have the designer instinct to, to not, you know, magic suddenly trumps guns and now suddenly guns aren't because you're still trying to fit it into. For a little while, actually, that was, that was an after effect, actually. So, um, the first real iteration of that magic was just blowing guns out the water. Um, so we had to go back and tweak it. There was, there was two things that we, that got removed immediately. Um, the first thing was the ability to increase your combat points, which are how many things you can do in a round. There was a spell that, allowed you to do that, that was that was a runaway thing because you could cast it if you got the right paper and the right and the right um spell inks, you could you could essentially cast it and stack it to over a hundred combat points a a turn. <laughs> and you could just you're 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 moving like the flash. You're just 
I hit this dude for eight times. I run over here. I hit this dude for eight times. I run over here. I hit this dude for eight times. Like it, it, it was, it was fucking, it was broken as shit. Um, the other thing that I actually came to a realization of is that magic was too short range to be specifically evocation because the, there's two real combat magics in the game. It's evocation and necromancy. Evocation is your standard fireball, ice ball, sonic ball, acid ball, electric ball. You know, that those five elements, right? Yeah. It was originally was range, not range increments. So five feet was that's it. You can cast it at five feet. Oh, right. And now you've built that was, it so that you, you know, the spell becomes more costly as you bring it up to. Well, no, range. no. I mean, like, I mean, like, it was to to be able to hit somebody across a ten across a twenty five foot room, you'd burn through a lot of your damage to because you'd be spending points on range and not damage. Oh, I see what you mean. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I had to change it to range increment so that it follows the standard range increment rules in the game where. Five foot range increment means that you can you can attempt a twenty you can attempt a twenty you know twenty a range a twenty range attack but you're going to take a minus I think uh, minus six to it but you can still attempt it yeah so that was one issue where where magic was just way too short so we had to change it up a little because you know that was that was a problem yeah Man, it's, I... it's I, I definitely want to read this. Uh, I, I've been trying to figure out licks and, uh, other stuff, so I haven't, that's what I've been doing, but I want to read your material. I actually want to read through it, and I, uh. Sonics, honestly, Sonics was far more interesting of a story than Magic was. Magic was pretty straightforward. So, so Sonics originally was basically Avatar bending. Um, some, some playtesters essentially told me, that's nice and all, but what if there's no water? And they, and I didn't get it until they hit me across the head with it. Like, you're not saying liquid, you're saying water. And because you're so specific, it only works with water. Huh. Um, so, so yeah, so that's why that got blended a little bit. So it's more Jedi now than is Avatar Bendy. It's still got that taste. You can still taste it, but it's not, it's very Jedi like. I think there's, I'm picking up a pattern here, which is what I'm trying to, you know, one of the things I'm trying to look for is the fact that your, your approach, because it's not high level and you, you're starting at a very low level perspective, you know, I personally, if I did that and I'm like, you know, somebody broke my system and, and they had, you know, a hundred stacking action points in one turn and all that, I would take it very personally. I would be devastated. Wow. And then I would go and say, well, I failed. I'm a shitty game designer. And then, wow. And then I would, because I would have put all this forethought into it, and then I would have expected it to work correctly the first time, whereas you have the exact opposite approach, which is make something, you know, obviously you do try to be smart about it in the, at the beginning, but you're I expected. never expect shit to work the first time. That's, exactly. If it works the first you're... time, I am surprised as fuck. The only <laughs> thing that's worked, the only thing that's worked the, the first time without any change is transmutation. That is the only spell series that has worked without any major modification. Exactly. And I and say so that, then, yeah. So, so then from, from your design philosophy, and I've, this is also something that, uh, you know, Tom Jensen and some of these other guys were talking about, is if you approach it with this sort of rapid iterations and not expecting things to work, not overthinking it at the start, but just letting people play test it, letting people give you feedback, use that feedback to do stuff, it's a lot more efficient and you get results that are that are backed up by experience and play testing 
versus a theoretical, uh, you know, system that hasn't really been put to the test and you can't iterate on it because it, it hasn't been exposed to all the shit that will break it yet. Yep. That is that's something that I would definitely say that people need to do is definitely don't, first of all, don't take shit personally. That's the first thing. Well, it's, it's hard for me. It's hard not to, but I, I, the games, dude, they're games. I'm mature enough that I wouldn't actually, but I would try to, I, I know it would be a factor if I was, uh, putting up, you know, something and it, and nothing worked the way I thought it would. It would be like, why did I spend the time doing this? It's kind of a, uh, an instinct, but you have to overcome that and be like, well, okay, no, it, we're, we're making a product and it, and people are, that's the point of playtesting is people are going to break it. Yeah, that's the whole reason I always release my shit on 4chan, because I want to see if there's anything I miss, because I want to see if there's anything I miss, I want to see if there's anything my playtesters miss, I want to see if there's anything that was missed. And 4chan will definitely try to break it. Yeah, I, God, yeah, that, that's the first thing they try and do, because yeah, they want to make, they, 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 they get joy from, from watching you fail. <laughs> that is, that is what, that is what it boils down to. Um, they, they gain joy from watching you fail. Um, yeah, so, that, that's a very, that ends up being a very, uh, trial. It's by a very fire. useful tool. It's a very useful tool. Yeah. Um, you don't, if you don't you, have it, you can't have an ego. That's the thing. You can't, you cannot have an ego and you cannot be emotionally invested in the thing that you're testing because if it breaks, you know, oh shit, you know, my ego. Yeah. Well, so, and then even that, if you like, not that I know that there's guys working on games right now that they wouldn't never say that they have an ego, but they, um, they're just sensitive about the idea of, you know, people, it's, it's just a disappointment thing. They, they think less of themselves as a result. But, um, if you're looking at it as being something that you, you set your expectations differently, that it's going to be broken and, and it's your job to fix it. Yeah. Um, then, because it is your job to fix it, because that's the job of the designer, right? And then in that case, you're also not uh, you're looking forward to, you're actually anticipating that feedback because that's good news. Now you know what you can fix, and and it's not something that you're dreading. You know, somebody breaking it. You're more um, yeah. I mean, because when I've got, I mean, and I'm I'm pretty much at the end. Like I've gotten to the point where you can't that you can't really break it anymore at this point. Like. The reason that the reason I was pointing people to the, the stuff that's on the website right now, even though it's not the latest version, is that that version works. That version is perfectly 100% capable. Like I can release it, but there's a few minor creature comforts and things that I wanted to add to the game before I sent it out. Right. Uh, and I say a few, and then I look at my change all, and I'm just like, oh yeah, only four, only a hundred lines of things that I've changed. <laughs> um, but. Most of them, most of them are just creature comforts. Most of them are just, you know, small design changes. There's no, there was no like emergency. Oh shit, this is super broken. Let me fix that. Um, we've already got to that. Yeah. Most of the things in my chainsaw on for the final one are just shit I literally missed, shit I forgot to add, like, um, or shit that needed to just be gone, just because it didn't do anything. Like this vestigial, vestigial rule. Mm-hmm. Every rule should should have a reason for existing in your game. There should never be there should never be a rule set or something like that where you go, I mean that's cool and all, but why do we why is it in the game? Like what what is it 
what does it add? I'm very curious in your particular game what that would be because you seem to be the kind of person who wouldn't wouldn't add Ooh, those in the first I'll give you, place. I'll give you, I'll give you, I'll give you a, a great one. Um, gender as a stat. Right. They so, did. I removed that in the last in the version that's coming out. I removed it from the game, from guessing, the actual like from the from the from the from the core rulebook mentionings in like other other things about your character. So I, I'm guessing that you didn't have like mechanical effects tied to it, but you're saying just oh yeah, no, I didn't. So, but even then, why mention it if it doesn't have a mechanical effect attached to it? I'm guessing that's what you're coming at now. Well, yeah, it was that plus the whole. I'm not going to get started in this gender politics argument bullshit. I don't care. Ops doesn't care. You shouldn't care either. And it's a whole lot easier for me to, to, to just remove it than it is to me to argue about why I shouldn't, why I shouldn't have to remove it. Yeah. So. Yeah. Interesting. Um, we're past the two hour mark now again. Hooray. I'm going to say, uh, um, that I'm really looking forward to, you seem to have a pretty good stream of content that you've been putting out and, and you have, decent plans for what you want to do next and it's going to be coming out soon right yeah um i'm still saying the 15th but i'm not i'm not as confident about that um i'm hoping by the time this comes out it's out and uh it's already out but i mean like the final version i've still got to proofread the rest of um the advanced arms i've still got to go through um, I've still got to go through the entire core rulebook again, but there's a whole lot less that needs to be changed since we already proofread it once before. And I've still got to um, probably do a second proofread of Modern Magicka, and I've got to do a um, beautification edit of Modern Magic as well. So probably as much as I want to say the 15th, probably not the 15th, but soon, soon.tm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I, want, I like to release them all at once, so... And then I've still got to wait for my for my dude with the with the he's changing all of the the monsters uh, to make them look a little bit better. But other than that, yeah, yeah. Well, I think everybody should uh, if you're going to be sticking around on GEG, I, I hope I people am. will come by and give you a lot of feedback on everything uh, once it comes out officially and once it's all all ready and uh, and just stay tuned to what you're doing because you're a very very interesting creator uh putting out a lot of substantial stuff you're not uh you're not the kind of person who's you know like me talking about it but never actually putting anything out um <laughs> well i'm putting it out because i want to i put it out because i want to play it and i want to see it that's primarily why i put shit out because i want to play it and i can't play it if i don't put it out and i can't i can't put it out if i don't want if i don't finish it so yeah. i gotta finish it to put it out to play it Yep, that's that's one that's 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 probably one of the reasons why this why this game has um, persisted for so long is that it's not it's not because I've seen a lot of people who make games, but they don't um, they don't have a personal investment in the game that they don't. Okay, we'll t- let's take Wizards of the Coast, right? They have a monetary investment. They if they don't put out new games, they don't make money. Right. People stop buying books. Um, so they hire people and they pay them with the expectation that you will put this out because we need you to put we because we won't pay you if you don't. Okay. Yeah. So that gives them some type of motivation to put. So they this, will definitely finish, finish it. Um, my motivation is I want to play the damn game. I write this because I want to play it, not because you know I'm trying to be artistic about it. Yeah. If you don't want to play your own game, don't start writing it. Yeah, I think that's you know. 
also if you if you if you feel like you have to write a write a game to play a setting, reevaluate yourself. Okay. Yeah. Because there, I've, I've seen a lot of people who will write a system just for a setting, and it'll be a, that. That's one reason why D and D but exists. Right. Because a lot of people. It's like why bother make... calling it something different if you it's essentially just a setting change. Yeah. Yeah. So. And, and that's also why you, people yeah. justify, um, you know, using D and D for all sorts of stuff just because you know it is open to to different uh, settings so easily. Yeah, you need a damn, damn. You need a damn good reason. You need a damn good reason for writing a system. You need to be doing some dip, some shit that's different mechanically. Exactly. You don't need to. You do not need to be doing D and D, but like when like I said, when Optimus first started, I didn't have that. Yeah, I've seen um, again and again on GDG. I've seen uh, on the threads. I've seen people come in, and sometimes the answer is just use GURPS, you know, or something like. You're, if you don't want to actually put in the, that's the other thing is like people have a unique idea, but they don't, they're expecting other people to suggest the, the mechanics to them and stuff. And it's like, you also need to have the, the fortitude and the, the determination to actually fully finish a system. If you're just going to make part of it or whatever, it's like you, I mean, if you're going to make, if you're going to, here's the thing, if you're going to make part of it, make part of it. If, I mean, I could argue, one could argue that the magic system and option tactics by itself could, could, replace another system's magic. It would probably need to be rewritten a little bit, but it could definitely replace D&D's magic. Just outright. Rip the whole damn thing out, right? Yeah. Um, if only thing, if you only are doing this to change one thing, then just write the one thing you're going to change. Yeah, that's a good the idea. Reason I, the reason, because originally Option Tactics started from a single rule change. It was, I had a, I created a um, caliber chart. So you, the guns did damage by caliber. Right. Okay. I tried to use that, but I, but I hit a wall to a point where it's like, well, okay, I have to change this. I have to change that. I have to change <laughs> this. I have to change that. So it got to the point where I was just like, well, fuck it. I just write a new system. Um, so I did. So I actually went and changed, like, that's why option tactics exist because I could not, um, I could not, w- Changing a single rule didn't work. It needed to it be was a too system. Many, it, was, yeah, it, it was too many rule changes for it to be... It was too many bolt-on solutions for it to work well. Right. A single bolt-on solution, yes. Two, maybe. Three, uh, four, and you need to start looking at actually writing. Um, and I'm talking major shit. Not like, well, this is the D1, this is the, this is the plus one instead of a plus two. Like... Major, like the combat system. If you, if you have to do major overhaul to a combat system, then use that as a base for a new system. Yeah, and you can just make a combat system. You don't have to make a setting with it. You don't have to make all sorts of other changes and, and pitch it as being a replacement to D&D. You that can is have, correct. You can have a system that is only, essentially would be considered a subsystem in a bigger yes. system. Yes. Yeah, I think that's a good, I think that's good advice as well. I really don't like to see people biting off more than they can chew. Um, and Most just, people do. Yeah. I, I don't feel like that with my own yet because I, I'm getting closer to actually finishing it, and, and I know I'm I'm going to finish it. But um, definitely I, there was a long period of just not having a clear premise, not um, having a target audience in mind, all sorts of things. Like it, just, it just was floating, and it wasn't really 
grounded to anything and not aimed at anything, but... Do you have a target audience? And yeah. What is that target audience? It's basically GDG and, and TG. Okay, that's too big of a target audience. You're going to need to trim that up. Well, all right. Also, myself and my, my immediate, you know, relatives and people that uh, are interested in playing it. But Still a pretty big target. Still a pretty big thing, though. Like, when I say a target, like, okay, so my target for option tactics is people who care about guns in RPG. People who care about guns at all. People who like guns. Gun people. That is my target. That's a very specific, defined demographic target. Yeah. It's not, you know, it's not, you know, K in general, because that's too broad. Um, but it's also not, you know, everybody who I know, because that's too specific. Um because either, with either of those, you're going to get problems. If it's too broad, you'll get the GURPS issue. If it's too specific, you'll, it'll be unaccessible to, um, people outside of that group. But gun people is pretty, you know, wide. If that makes sense. It's big enough to where it's, it's big enough to where it's, you know, you can, you can market it to, there are people you can market to, but it's small enough to where it fits a neat and fits a niche where that isn't being fit right now. Right. There's not a lot of competition and, in that specific. Yeah. The market. only competition I can think of is GURPS and the only GURPS comp and I blew GURPS competition kind of out the water. So yeah. Yeah. Because high tech, as good as a book it is, has not been updated. Um, right. High tech is basically high tech is kind of a, um, it's, it's kind of a, Okay, gun people, we know you like guns, so here you go. Here's a book that you can use and abstract and go from there. That's that's what high tech was. It's and it does that very well, but high tech is not the focus of GURPS. High tech is one of the many modules that GURPS has. Yeah. If you want something that's built from the ground up with doing one thing extremely well or a handful of things extremely well and a bunch of shit just terribly, there you go. Yeah. As, as somebody quoted, the farther you get away from shooting the man, the worse option tactics become, which is 100% true. <laughs> <laughs> the farther, you, the, seriously, literally, the farther you get from combat, the worse option tactics does. Somebody wanted to use option tactics for a some Digimon game, I think they were going to run, and I told them straight up, "You're going to have a bad time." <laughs> I um, imagine somebody doing that. I don't know. I don't know why he picked it, but. I told him straight like it's not what it's made for, it's not what its focus is, and it's not going to be good. It's going to be very, very bad. Um and he was actually surprised because he's like, Didn't you write it? I'm like, Yeah, I wrote it. But I know the system and I know what it can do and what it can't do. And I can tell you right now, it it can't do that. Um oh, people man. have been asking me for the longest time as a meme. We have lots of tactics. Um but like when are mechs gonna be in the game? Yeah. Never. <laughs> Wanna know why? Because because BattleTech has that shit unlocked. Oh yeah. So there is no reason for me to include. There is no reason for me to com compete with Mechs because I couldn't do I couldn't do Mechs justice. Yeah. Oh, we've also started for the we've also started for the um the the brainstorming aspect for Manlet, which is which I haven't quite thought about what to call it yet but um the, the 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 racing game with the cars and such okay so yeah so i the problem is that i'm not as big as a car person as i'm a gun person so 
I need to co-op people to to know cars. Wait, so um, now you are doing cars? Sure, why not? <laughs> but se- well, no, this is gonna be a second. This is gonna be a separate system. So basically, it's like con- I want to. I, I almost said combat, combat racing, but I guess it will kind of is combat racing. Not, but it's not like it's not gonna be like Twisted Metal. It's gonna be like Fast and Furious. Yeah, you just lost a customer. I love Twisted Metal. I like Twisted Metal too, but it ain't. <laughs> but it ain't about cars and guns. It's about you know. You know, shit like for just, I made a joke where it's like the automatic transmission. You don't have to roll any dice to shift, but <laughs> you take minus is the thing. Oh, so it's like easy mode. Um, yeah. So it's like when it like to just just to just to give you that an example of that. If I was going to start this from scratch, um, I would look at first of all what's important on the car, especially your car you're going to be racing. Um. I would look at can the system simulate or at least approximate that thing in numbers. Um, hmm. Third thing is that what else? What is like the driver of the car is important as well, probably as much as the the fire the, the shooter of a firearm. So what stats about driving matter? Right, you're modeling th- you're modeling a bunch of real things in mathematical and in mechanical terms. But only the things that matter. Right. Because if it doesn't matter, like, it doesn't matter if the guy is, um, if he's a great shot with a handgun. It does matter if he can, if he knows how to perfectly feather his clutch and his drive pedal to drift, you know, while he's, you know, fucking around with the clutch and shit like that. Like, like that matter. Like, and then eventually you get the guy from the transporter Like, shift dexterity, clutch. Um, pedal dexterity, you know, shift dexterity, drive, you know, you know, stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then because you know your topic and you know that the the premise of what you're trying to make, you can actually research it and be like, oh well, downforce and you know the grip of yeah. the the traction on the different on the know, tires surfaces and yeah, different and tires and stuff like that. Yeah, like I can say, yeah. So that's how I would go about writing a game like that. Yeah, I would I think look research- at what. The, Research is great. I mean, you're. I, I've talked about this before. If you do something that's actually based on like real life, modern stuff, and not so much of a floating fantasy idea, you do have the benefit of research. You can actually just look up what do actual, you know, how does it actually work in real life, and then model it more easily. Yeah, that's that's something that you definitely need to do. Um, if you're if you're going to do something that doesn't exist, you need to come up with that. You need to have a good imagination and and an imagination that's still rooted in actual insight and knowledge into how things work. Mm-hmm. That's I mean, some... even if you're even if you're going to bend the laws of time and space, like how I did with the plasma gun. So. Yeah, well, there's and that's again goes back to that you know realistic versus believable versus simulation. It's like you know you might be more in believable than in realistic, but it's at least believable now because you're grounding it in whatever you can ground it in. And one of the things I, you know, pet peeve of mine is when you have fantasy stuff where just the basic logic of a world that's populated with all these monsters, people don't live accordingly. They don't live like there are monsters there. They still live the way that, you know, medieval Europe did or something like that. And it's like, there's a certain, um, I'm still kind of pissed off that magic hasn't been science, science, scienceified yet. Like, that's just something that always threw me for a loop. Like, D&D magic should be able to ha- have the scientific method done to it. Yeah, I would You, I would say that the way should, they do it, yeah. 
you should be able to take a man off the street and have him apply knowledge that we have compiled and turn him into a mage. Yeah, I think the way that they handle magic, that should be possible. There's other other kinds of systems of magic or ideas of magic where that... But the wizard, the wizard should be able to be anybody. Yeah, yeah, it's an interesting... Uh... Interesting how you can start to apply logic to something that's as as fantasy. You'll get guys that come in and say it's magic. What the fuck are you talking about? You know, just make it make it no rules. Make it so it doesn't make any sense. Hand waving them. That's what we like to call that. Yeah, exactly. Just waving your hand. If it's magic. I ain't got it. I ain't got to explain shit. Um, but yeah, it's you. The first thing you want to do is figure out what if you pick a you pick a, an end an end goal like. I want to make racing into combat or I want to make racing, you know, I want to make racing like a thing. Like, you know, yeah. what, what aspects of racing are we going to be doing? Are we going to be doing all aspects of racing, NASCAR drifts, you know, sprint cars, truck racing, dirt bikes. Like what are we drifting? And, like, and are you worried about like the career side of it or just as uh, you know, as an activity, like you want to involve the, the career of being a race driver or is it just, yeah, you know, yeah. All of that kind of stuff. You, you end up, and then, and then you break it down into what equipment is involved in this pursuit. What's relevant? So usually, usually the vehicle. Usually, like for for us, take archery. In archery, you need a bow at least. So you look at what can be what what can be modified on a bow. What can what aspects are variables and what what aspects are are um, not variables but uh, constants. Okay. Right. The usually a constant it isn't the arrow you change all that much uh it does a little because it depends on what the arrow's made out of and how long it is but that doesn't what it's made out of matters a little a little bit what it's um what how long it is is not is more so in in line with the arm length of a person so that can be ignored um but things like tension you know but pull weight those yeah. things will change numbers and things like that. Um, with cars, you say, okay, what kind of how what kind of engine do you have? What type of engine do you have? Um, because you know, an inline an inline six might not be able to take certain upgrades over a V twelve. Like, yeah, you know, you go through and you research these things and you research this and that and the other and you figure out what are the major components of cars that can change and essentially will affect either how fast you can turn, how fast you can go straight, or how fast, you know, or your, the things you want to do with a car. What affects what? Once you get, once you get those things down, then you can start, you know, looking into different aspects of the same object. Yeah, but if you're not the big designing a game that's about, you know, obsessively figuring out car logic, then keep it as simple as it needs to be to work within your other system that you're working on. Yes. That is, yeah, that's correct. But this is focusing on the main aspect, and this mostly helps with things like this mostly helps with things like rules medium, rules heavy things. If it's rules light, then honestly, rule most like we have enough rules light system. Yeah, we don't need any more. We don't need a simple. I don't want to hurt anyone's mechanic. feelings, but I kind of feel the same way. Yeah, we we don't need. I mean, fuck it, I hurt somebody's feelings. If there's no point, we have too many of them. We have we we have too many of them. There's the the major ones and the minor ones. There's and what um, 
Now, hear me out when I say rules light. I'm, when I say rules light, I mean rules light generic specifically. There are already plenty of workable rules light generic rules in that exist. We're, we've, they're easy to make and there's tons of them. Um, rules light specifics, cute for about, you know, cute for a few games, whatever. If you want to make your little niche game, like, made is a good one I, I like to use as an example. Made is light to medium, but it's very, it's very, it's got a very specific, like, this is what you do, this is what we do, this is what we are, this is what, you know, this is, it's in this, this little pocket, you know? Yeah. It's not gonna, um, it's not, it's not easily replaced by a different one if you, if that's the experience you want to get. That's kind of yeah, what I tell it, people. If you're not, I don't really care if somebody's doing rules light or rules heavy or whatever. You can make an extremely rules heavy game that ends up being irrelevant because somebody else already did the same thing. What what matters is that you're creating an experience that is di- different, and that experience has it, you know is going to come out of the mechanics and and even the lore and stuff. Even if you know lore doesn't matter to some people, it can be the tipping point that changes how you enjoy a game. Yeah, but it's a whole lot easier to replace lore than it is to replace mechanics. True, and that's why you know you need to have something that is different enough and somebody else can't just come by and easily uh, change. If somebody be... can rip anything, somebody can rip your setting out. My, this is my opinion. If somebody can rip your setting out, use your mechanics and make a game that is, that feels the same. Generally, you should have probably used either a generic rule set or your, your shit probably shouldn't, doesn't probably really need to exist. Or you should have used a generic rule set from the get go and just wrote the setting. Um, because if it's if it's just a standard, you know, roll, you know, roll two d six, lowest, highest, highest good. We have tons of systems like that. There's a ginormic. There's a there's a huge. Uh, I think it's what's it called? Um, fate. Yeah. I think that's what fate does. I could be wrong, but I think apocalypse um, world is kind of the same way. Yeah, apocalypse. I know apocalypse world does. That's a good. That's a better example. Apocalypse world can be used for a lot of shit. Where it's it's very story based. And it it replaces a lot of systems because it's it doesn't it doesn't care like it it, it depends up to the GM to when to apply the roles. Um, if your system isn't mechanically interesting, what's the point of the system? Yeah, and I've also told people like if you if you have a, a little system and you know you know you're going to be tinkering on it for a long time and and it's not a yeah. total game changer that's going to you know revolutionize RPGs or anything, but you have a bunch of interesting setting ideas. You know, go Just ahead. Like the setting. Go ahead and make make the settings as if you know they will fit with your system or whatever. But um, you know, go ahead and make multiple settings. You know, do do a whole bunch of different settings that work with this system, and be a guy that makes interesting settings or whatever. But don't um, don't tie them together too tightly because you know people might want to use that setting in a different system. And why would you, if your setting is the, really the thing you're interested in? Try to make it available so that other people can use it in other things. That would actually be cool. Yeah. Um, to to go back to an example that actually ops fits is that so advanced arms and Shadowrun are actually very um, close in settings, but I don't get the the whole or oh, I'm copying Shadowrun because I made a bunch of major changes to the magic, funnily enough, that makes it different. That makes Shadowrun. That makes Option tactics different from Shadowrun. Yeah. Um, it's also it's mechanic. It, it may have a very similar setting, but mechanically it's they're night and day. Yeah. So and you know, uh, if, 
I, I just, I, do, I am going to wrap this up soon, but I do want to know, do you have plans to basically evolve this setting <laughs> over time? No. <laughs> there is a, there, I am, I'm a sandbox, I'm a fan of sandbox. The, the, the Great Adventures in Space book, which is a Kandai book, is basically, um, a ginormous, okay, so, Real talk, it's, just, it's it's an excuse for me. It's an excuse for me to be like, "Hey, here's all the books. Use them, play them, have fun with it." Um, but in but in in reality, it is it is a ginormous toolbox for a GM to do interesting things with. Yes, yeah. Uh, there that's is I, there is no people. there is no thoughts of ev- evolution. Right. Evolve it into what? It's my question. Yeah, no, I don't know. I was that's what I was thinking. Is it? It sounded like you know right from the beginning you were saying that uh, you know you're designing this from the bottom up with with as a toolbox. And the implication obviously then is that you know people are going to bring their own creativity to the setting. And yeah, that's not my job. This my job. My job is to give people a snapshot of of the equipment and the stuff like that that is, exists in the current time period. For you, then, the, the system has to be much more of a, or the, the fluff and the world lore kind of stuff would have to be much more of a loose framework for, you know, just making sure that anything you want to bullshit, you know, justify why does this exist, why does that exist, it's it's covered there enough. But it's it's going to always be the thing that you're only doing as much as you need to, and it's it's there's a point at which it's good enough, and you don't need to dump on more lore because, that's, as you said, that's uh, the GM's job and the... Mm-hmm. The group's job. Yeah. Um, I'm going to say that's the end of this episode. <laughs> You're probably going to want to rant about a whole bunch of stuff. You're going to have to save it for GDG or wherever else you want to complain about things. Promote. I your mean, game. if I'm popular, I'll come back. If I'm not popular, I'll still come back and tell those motherfuckers they can go fuck themselves. <laughs> Either way, I'll be back. All right, thank you very much but, for coming. But on. I'm not going to, I'm not going to, no problem. I'm not going to monopolize all your time. So go interview somebody else. <laughs> I don't want to interview anybody else. I just we're at two minutes and or two hours and forty minutes now, and I could probably rant for another Not hour. Not today, but... motherfucker. I mean, like, god damn it. Yeah. <laughs> All right, you'll be back sometime. I know that. So yeah, I definitely will be back. Um, but you know, it's it's if my parting advice, I would suppose, is that make sure your game you make isn't pointless. Isn't pointless. Um, yeah, cause, I mean, and, and that's. That that sounds pretty harsh, and it is. Deal with it. Uh, <laughs> um, but reality, the reality aspect is, is if it, make sure it needs to be a game. Make yeah. sure it's not just a setting with a rule change. Make sure it's not because D. I mean, even 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 D and D, like the actual like official D and D has multiple settings with rule changes. You yeah. Castle Ravenholm, Greyhawk. Fucking spell jammer. Like those are those are all they all use the same rules and it goes like D and D, like standard D and D, but and um it, and it does that. Mm-hmm. You know, so don't be ashamed of because it's a whole lot better to make a setting than it is to make a fucking fantasy heartbreak. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I, I think uh, you've got a lot of advice. I don't even know if you realize how. How much good insight you have? Uh, I have I have no good insight. I simply, <laughs> I simply, I simply say things at random and it sounds good, so I roll with it. Okay. Well, you can tell yourself <laughs> that. I, I'm going to tell people if they want to, if they want to talk to you on on GDG, that I'm sure um, you can give them some great advice. 
And that's going to be it for now. See you next All time right. you come on. Yep. And, you know, if you want to read off, if read off some tactics and complain about it. Tell me what you hate. Because yeah. I don't give a shit about what you like. That's. <laughs> All right. See ya. All right. This was, this was fun. We should do this again. Bye. So there you go, part two of the amazing SSB talking about his incredible ops and tactics system. He's done the hard work. He programmed the book in some crazy programming language that we should all probably learn, but none of us will. He's trying to teach us some wisdom, teaching us about what truly, truly terrible RPGs are like, and and basically giving us perspective. And that's what I hope you take away from this, as well as the need to email this man and tell him what you think. Contact him, because there's no way a guy like this should be floating out there with no idea how people are reacting to his decisions. He's got such real systems here, such a, such good original content. I mean, if this could be spread out and parsed and presented the right way, this would be something that many people, like thousands and thousands of people would be very interested in. And that's what I love to see is some is a, is a bright mind like this who's done the hard work for years and years and is setting an example. But we need to, to show him some support, some love, some hate, some trolling, whatever you want to make it. Just, you know, get involved a little bit, download that stuff, play it with somebody if you can. If you have a group, introduce them to it. Maybe it spreads virally, I don't know. Uh, I'm not an expert on these things. I just love talking to these guys, and SSB was a pleasure to talk to. So tune in next time. We'll have tons more with somebody else. Thanks for listening.